Hello and welcome to the Weird Geeks Movie Channel and our Star Wars Retrospective Podcast, where every Wednesday and every Saturday we'll be covering a new installment in the classic franchise. Warning, this podcast contains strong language and spoilers throughout. Go to weirdgeeks.com to check out our other podcast series, Twitch streams, contact details, and news on our very own feature films that are currently in production through our publisher, We Are Tessellate. Weird Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the films referenced, and no infringement is intended. Geeks! 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 Hello and welcome to the Weird Geek Star Wars show where, hey, on, I was about to go into a rigmarole of like every Wednesday and every Saturday and blah, blah, blah. Wrong no, show. Wrong show. Whenever there's a new Star Wars film, we are back. So welcome. We are part of the Weird Geeks crew, which is weirdgeeks.com. You can head over there to listen to all of our podcasts. We do some topical ones and retrospectives, as well as every single Friday we have a horror retrospective right now. We're in the middle of Romero's Living Dead, which I'm doing yes. with Christina Masterson. Who is doing too many podcasts right now? I'm sorry. <laughs> and Hurukabe. But that's not what we're here to discuss right now. We've come back to Star Wars to open the doors as promised because half a year ago now, guys, was the last time we did one of these, which is fucking scary because The Last Jedi had come out. It was Christmas time. We we're all ready for that disappointment. I had my first Christmas in LA, which was weird. It's weird, right? A Christmas in LA? Yeah. Can't yeah. confirm. <laughs> and. And what happened? Yeah, we kind of, we came out and we did a little sort of more of a just first feelings on The Last Jedi. And then Christina had to leave me and Alex just kept talking for another 20 minutes yep. without her there. And then we went and saw it again. Yeah, then we went to see it again. I had very different feelings the second time. And now we're back. Uh, this is actually my third viewing of the film and we're going to be doing it properly. Uh, what about you guys? Have you seen it more since or is this like your second or third time? Or what? Second viewing for me. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, third is There's some like... <laughs> That's like exorcist music. That yeah, just what was that? <laughs> was that me? Uh, yeah, I think. Oh, I don't know. It wasn't me. So. I didn't play me. exorcist music. <laughs> <laughs> She's got guilty look. Guilty look on Christina's face. <laughs> yes. So we're back to properly do a, a real thing. Pull this film apart scene by scene. Hopefully with a bit more. Uh, we've got some distance from it now. So hopefully we can have some, you know more seated opinions i remember at the time christine was definitely the most up on it i think alex was next and i was pretty pretty grumpy boy i was <laughs> at the time so it'll be interesting yeah. to see if any of those have changed and we, we spoke about it again briefly when we did our our wrap-up didn't we when we did our rankings be interesting that's to true. see if it's changed in any of your rankings that's true that's true i was feeling a little bit more positive the second time around while still having a lot of same problems but yeah yeah we'll see so yeah but before we get into all of that stuff we like to do with the year that it was which was only last year 2017 oh, so christina memories can you take can you help us reminisce yes about i the would year love to that is so, recently passed we're gonna do the top 10 right top 10 worldwide grossing films of 2017 okay number 10 we have wonder woman don't remember it. Too long ago. <laughs> no, that's Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> oh, whoops. <laughs> that's true. Although, actually, now that you say it, I think we talked about this on our topical show, didn't we? When we were, when me and Nate nearly stopped talking because we were arguing about Wonder Woman, <laughs> and then he texted me later, go, "No, you're right. That's terrible." Wonder Woman only got top ten. 
Yeah. Oh my god, that's my phone again. I don't know what that timing. was. <laughs> I just like Googled Wonder Woman just to make sure it was the right one. I think it is from uh, when I was YouTubing the deleted scenes from The Last Jedi. It was so good. Must be. Great timing. (laughs) So weird. Anyways, I did not know it only got number 10. That's pretty. That sucks. That's pretty good. That's not suck. The the movie wasn't great. (laughs) Okay. That's just my opinion. It made me cry. Well, yeah. (laughs) does it say much okay (laughs) number nine we got thor ragnarok what is that ragnarok (laughs) (laughs) that is the correct usage of the (laughs) i just rewatched this idea the other day it's like my sixth viewing of it i think dang you must have liked it yeah it's really funny movie (laughs) uh, i love the jeff goldblum I love Chris Hemsworth being funny, and I love me some Flight of the Concords humor, New Zealand humor. Oh, I love Flight of the Concords <laughs> humor. Okay. Is this Maybe I'll watch that? Thor. It's the same writer director, so if you like that stuff, then you'll like Ragnar. Oh, okay. Number eight. We have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume <laughs> 2. <laughs> well, we have a lot of comic book stuff. I mean, these are all comic book stuff, right? Yeah. Yes, wow. they are. Can confirm. Yeah, lots of comic book movies <laughs> are being made. Don't Dang. try and justify it. Everyone's always angry about it, and I'm always standing up for it. Of like, you can't be mad about too many comic book films because they're about six a year, and in the Western era, they made fifty Western films in one year. Like, Dang. literally fifty. So it's like Hollywood's always worked this way, and six is fine. You can ignore six films, can you? If you want to. Sure. But right Num- now, we've already got three. So let's see how many there are. <laughs> and number two, Wolf. Warrior 2, which I never even heard of. What? What is that? <laughs> Wolf Warrior 2? You know it? <laughs> Someone. No. That is a hack. Someone's is throwing that in. Is this the wrong list? <laughs> no, no, no. Let me see. Wolf Warrior 2? I mean, no, this makes perfect sense. It's a Chinese film. Ah. So, yeah. That just shows how big the, the Chinese <laughs> box wow. office is because that affected worldwide. Be out. Everything else, well, all of those, wow. and I don't even—I've never even heard of that movie. That's amazing. We should watch but it. I want to see a warrior that's a wolf. That sounds great. Yeah, I—we th- probably have to watch Wolf Warrior One first. Yeah, we want to understand what's going yeah. on. Yeah, <laughs> we need a backstory. Okay, <laughs> number six, we have Spider-Man: Homecoming. Yay! I love this. I just rewatched this as well the same night as I rewatched Ragnarok. How do you have all this time to watch all these movies? I work very late and then it's three in the morning and I can't sleep and I get very depressed and then I put something on. But I'm I'm doing like an MCU list right now. So I I watched so many with Haruka before we went to Infinity World. I was like, I need to just finish rewatching everything. So I just have Guardians 2 to rewatch and then we're done. Oh my God. My rankings are very, very, very different from how they used to be. And they will all be up on the weirdgeeks.com website, which is getting revamped soon. Incredible Watch Hulk out. still is obviously your favorite. <laughs> Please be excited. It's really upsetting, man, because you know, like me and you, me and you and me, me and you, whatever, us. We'd always talk about Incredible Hulk as the only two people who appreciate that film. Yeah, you totally. Know I, still- I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hate you. <laughs> and I still do appreciate it. But going back to it, watching it with everything else. It's not, it's not a good movie, man. I understand, <laughs> really that. I, I understand that. It hurts. The CGI in that movie is so bad now. It's oh really boy. painfully bad. Like, that- it really doesn't work. And what's the name? Who's that lead girl? Who's Liv, Liv Tyler. Aerosmith. 
Yeah, she's terrible. She's really <laughs> bad. Like, I remember it being really romantic, that film, and I liked all the sweet bits. And then you go back and it's like, she's so insipid. She's like Orlando Bloom. She's a big old wet fish. Aww. Are you glad that Ed Norton didn't continue as Bruce Banner? I really am, actually. Like, I like Ed Norton a lot, but he's just a dick, you know. So, and you can kind of, you, he is a bit of, he is a prick and I'm happy. Mark Ruffalo is such a lovely guy. You mm-hmm. can just feel it. <laughs> okay, guys, moving on. <laughs> can Number- we just talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> Way to get sidetracked. Number five, we have Jumanji. Welcome to the jungle. <laughs> wow. Got number five. Jumanji does good, huh? <laughs> Jumanji, Jumanji does, does good. good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I made mean, fucking shitloads of money. That was a huge movie. Damn. Um, I don't even like the original Jumanji that much, but I'm still pretty angry about this one. But yeah, hmm. The Rock. Well, hopefully, number four, four will make you feel better. Despicable <laughs> Me Three. You're such a good host. No, that didn't help at all. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well then, maybe number three, The Fates of the Furious. So I haven't seen it. Have you guys seen this? No, no. is this like a Furious 5 type of thing or a Furious, like, furious like race car trait thing? You're adorable. I just want to like <laughs> wrap you up in cotton wool. That's, it, yeah, it's a Fast and Furious movie. Oh, okay. Uh, this is the only Fast and Furious movie I haven't seen, and I used to devour these movies because oh. I enjoyed how bad they were. But I eventually got bored of how bad they were. <laughs> is this the one... With a tribute to Paul Walker, or was that the last one? No, oh, that yeah. was the last one. This one, I think, is the one with the submarine coming out of the ice or whatever. That kept seeing that trailer over and over right. again. See, I don't have my photos to accompany with me on this one, so I can't help that much. Well, we presumed you would just have an encyclopedic knowledge of all the <laughs> Fast and Furious films, Christina. Okay, so number two, which I watched and I enjoyed on the airplane, is <laughs> on Beauty the airplane. and the Beast. Oh, <laughs> not talking about this movie. And the beast. Not talking about this movie. <laughs> upsets me. Al hated it. It really upsets me. But yeah, I never well, watched it. Number didn't one. Want to. Come on, guys, give it a chance. <laughs> the original's so good, and I'm just like, if you do something, just do something new. Do something like you can make the same film, but do something different with it. And instead, it's nearly shot for shot the original movie. It's like, why bother? I looked at you're just making my a impression version. of watching the trailer was it's Teen Wolf dancing with a block of wood. That sounds amazing to me. I would watch that <laughs> any time <laughs> over the Beauty and the Beast remake. <laughs> So, uh, what is number one then, Christina? Number one, it's gotta, shocker, it's be shocker, the last Jedi. shocker, shocker. Star Wars: The Last Jedi. There we go. So hang on. So we had one of the prequels didn't open at number one. Did Rogue One not? Was that not number one? Not open. I mean, was, did Rogue One not finish the year at number one? I don't we had think two it of these. Did. Yeah, I think it was Rogue Attack One. Attack of the Clones definitely didn't finish at number one. Mm. There's only been a couple, but they're back. They're back at number one. All you need is that BB-8 robot, and China laps it up. They really do. The Chinese trailers for all these films are like so much more BB-8 in them. Thank you very much, Christina. Very, You're welcome. Very interesting little flashback there to six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> Alex. Hi. <laughs> You've had the in- unenviable <clears throat> job of having to format this entire episode. So good luck to you, sir. Loved Let's get it. into this motherfucker. Let's, Let's tear do it. it apart. So right off the bat, I'm just going to say... Do you guys miss the 20th Century Fox fanfare into the lead-in Lucasfilm? Every time. 
Yeah, so do I. Every time, man. Upsets yeah. a little bit. Shut Me up, too. I didn't <laughs> notice. I didn't notice. <laughs> it hurt. It still hurts. It really does still hurt a little bit. Yeah, because I, I don't know. But, that was just like such a good build up into the bam, Star Wars. Yep. Because you got the trio, didn't you? You had that, and then the Lucasfilm, and then the bam, Yeah. And it was like three hits in a row. Yeah. Now it's just two hits, and I missed that third hit. Yep. Need the third hit just to complete it. Anyway. <laughs> Episode eight, The Last Jedi. Here's our opening crawl. The First Order reigns, having decimated the peaceful Republic. Supreme Leader Snoke now deploys his merciless legions to seize military control of the galaxy. Only General Leia Organa's band of resistance fighters stand against the rising tyranny, certain the Jedi Master Luke Skywalker will return and restore a spark of hope to the fight. A line that we'll hear over and over again throughout this film. But the resistance has been exposed as the First Order speeds toward the rebel base. The brave heroes mount a desperate escape. We have a pan down, which is quite rare. Usually it's a pan up. I think- Ooh, controversial. I, th- I think the only other film is maybe Revenge of the Sith. I remember we talked about it in some of them. Like, Generally, it's always a pan up. This pans down. And we see the planets decar, and we descend from space into the planet as the Resistance fleet are trying to escape their main base. And as they're doing that, the First Order appear out of hyperspace, and we see General Hux, whose eyebrows have grown- <laughs> exponentially <laughs> larger and thicker and bushier and i feel like this film it's not like it's set years after force awakens like the timeline i think is no. relatively small yeah it's relatively a few months, short. Isn't it? yeah but his eyebrows have just have really oh yeah really bloomed a real growth spurt yeah for old huxy um can i say right off the bat that Sorry, when you were reading that opening crawl, I noticed something this time when I was watching the film that I tune out after like two sentences of the opening crawls in <laughs> some Star Wars films. Yeah. And it was interesting as you were reading it that I noticed the same thing happened to me. I don't know what right. it is about how they word them, but at some point I just sort of stopped listening or reading <laughs> the crawls in Star Wars films. I the had to that- read it like a few times to really get it. <laughs> Slowly. For me now, I hear them in the style that they're done in the animation, like the animated series. So oh, like, really? That the old-timey fir- yeah. voice? The First Order reigns! <laughs> Having decimated the peaceful Republic, Supreme Leader Snoke deploys his merciless legions to seize military control. And like, I was just like, oh, God. That might help. That might help me <laughs> stay awake. Yeah. But yeah, totally get what yeah, you mean. Yeah, but uh, right when I saw General Hux, I was like, oh, yeah, this guy. You liked this opening last time, Christina. No, I don't like General Hux, man. All right. I mean, I love this actor. I love Donald Gleason. I think he's a great actor. I, I still stand by what I said last time. This is this guy in this film. I don't know how the director's pushing him because like, I don't think it's all his fault. He wasn't great in Force Awakens, was he? But, but oh boy. So yeah, I mean, fucking over the top. In here it. it's just pushed to another level. Like, I feel in Force Awakens... Because wasn't the story with him in Force Awakens that he came on board to that project like the day before they did their first table read or something like that? Oh. Like it, was, yeah. it was really last minute. So yeah, I, can, yeah, I, can, yeah. I can watch him in Force Awakens and sort of see that there's like a real effort to ground it and make it serious, but maybe there's just that lack of, of time to, to prepare perhaps. And yeah, and this is just like whatever yeah. direction no, no, he's been given, it's just like go... Yeah, it's and time weird. to go watch the first film and go, oh, that didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> no. Instead, yeah. it's like, you know what? You know what this film needs? More. 
<laughs> yeah. Just oh, everything I was doing before. Let's just do that, but a lot more of it. Yeah. But we did. Can I just uh, also immediately say, like, this opening, because we've all seen the deleted scenes now, yeah, to this film? Yeah. So this was not how this movie was meant to open. Oh, Christine hadn't. No, so I did. But, but you know what? The one that you sent me uh, with the butt grab, it wasn't in my deleted scene oh, uh, compilation. So maybe <laughs> I saw the all of them, but we'll, maybe I didn't. We'll get to the butt grab. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but this was not how the film was meant to open. It was meant to open with, yeah, John Boyega. And that panned down, pans down to a planet, which then becomes his cryo, whatever it is, his healing <gasps> canister yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Which I found interesting because like when Alex, when you and I were talking about it, that's how we were like, why doesn't this open with him like waking up or something out of that? Like it felt weird. Yeah. How they did this. And it's like, oh, okay. So you did intend it to be like that. And you just yeah, decided, I don't know who, someone probably said, let's get to the action quicker. Um, because yeah, they're right into it straight away. Right into it. Uh, right into a massive big space battle. For me, yeah, the impressions of watching this have not changed from when I first viewed it in that. It feels very much like Revenge of the Sith opening, like heavy CGI space battle. And by Revenge of the Sith, not all of it, obviously, as we've discussed, like the, the CGI kind of finally got a bit better. And so it feels, it feels very heavy in that sense. Like it's all, yeah. And I think that deleted scene opening would have been good because it would have just made it a bit sort of, I don't know, grounded I it agree. a bit. It was too, too much battle for me in the beginning, but it's always kind of like that for me. But I would have really much preferred the uh, deleted scene with Finn. That would have yeah. made it a lot more real for me. Yeah, it's interesting. And I'm sure we'll speak at, through this throughout with how much stuff of John Boyega's was deleted and how much of the, the things that we liked about Finn and made him so endearing in the first film or the first of these new ones was ultimately cut and it's like it sucks yeah it really sucks but it's, also, great. Yeah. it's great to be able to see them because i i remember when i first watched this film in the theater i was disappointed because there wasn't enough finn stuff yeah so it was you interesting to see to that they longer. had all of that but then it was cut <laughs> but they didn't use it <laughs> um, you, wanted, you wanted you wanted ryan johnson's original three-hour edit which yeah. apparently is what it what he originally submitted to them <laughs> I think Jeez. so. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the General Hux appears and he's under orders from Snoke to destroy the re- resistance once and for all with a new huge giant destroyer called the Dreadnought, which uh, appears out of hyperspace. And we see a single X-Wing fighter approach the Dreadnought. Who could it be? It's Poe and BB-8. And then we get this gag that I still really, really don't like where Poe contacts the bridge of the destroyer that Hux is on and demands that he speaks to Hux on behalf of uh, Leia. And Hux is like, this is uh, General Hux, commander of the uh, First Order, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yep, still holding for Hux, blah, blah, blah. And it just goes on for way too long. And Hux Hux is going, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you you hear me? It's like, oh, I got back to angry again, guys. I'm sorry. I was really angry the first time. I then softened a bit. You know, sort of wrap up. I'm back to angry. I'd forgotten how much yeah. I hate the beginning of this movie. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I had hopes of like, you know what? Maybe I misjudged it. Maybe on its own terms, I can. No, this is just fucking. It's terrible. It's it like, is this terrible, is, and this it's is like spaceballs. It, it really just fucks with the pace. 
Like it just like grinds <laughs> everything down and it's like you lose all this sort of sense of forward momentum because they want to put in this stupid gag that runs for way too long. And they did it a lot in the film. There's loads of stuff where they keep inserting stuff, which yeah. actually really fucks with the pace. Like, really yeah. fucks with the pace. And for no real reason. Yeah. Other than, oh, I think that would be funny. Like, yeah. that's, I guess, Ryan Johnson's idea. Okay. So, when I first watched it in the movie theater, I thought it was funny and I laughed. And I thought a lot of things in it, in this film were funny <laughs> when I watched it in the theater. But, but watching it again now, it didn't hold up as well, the jokes, you know? It was just kind of like, oh. Maybe it was did, everybody else laughing around me. Maybe yeah, it was, was like peer say. pressure laugh. Yeah. No, because yeah, yeah. I did no, think it was no, funny in the theater, help. but then, but you know, a it's good not atmosphere that in funny. Our first viewing yeah. can really, really help. Yeah. Like you definitely find something funnier. Like I personally, that was the beginning of this is so bad that that first time I was in a theater packed opening night, everyone was laughing. I was judging everyone around me rather <laughs> than laughing with them. But there have certainly been films where yeah, you laugh in the cinema, but you don't when you're watching on your own at home later. Like yeah, yeah. There was bits, sure. watching this through made me really notice of like bits where I was like, oh, okay, where there's more dramatic stuff as far as the writing. Where I'm like, oh, I can see that sort of like Brian Johnson has some strength in some of that. And then with the gags and the jokes that edge towards more the Marvel Disney sort of style, that for me, he's just like sometimes way off the it's mark. So like it's, it's, it's just so forced so and so just ugh. Nice pun. <laughs> uh, yeah, it just it feels so Disney. It really does. It yeah. just like and again, I mean, I don't want to like repeat stuff that we said on our first one, but for anyone who hasn't listened to that, because this will become you know the evil, the version of a podcast, I guess, to listen to. Our last one's irrelevant now. It's such a shame for me. Like this is Ryan Johnson. This is a director who you know we haven't really talked about uh, about him in this one, but yeah, directed Brick and directed Brothers Bloom and directed uh, Looper and really interesting films that have a big voice to them. And I do think this film has a voice to it. It just doesn't feel like him in any way that I can tell at all. Yeah, um, I and think it's, it's, so, it's still crushingly disappointing to me. It's like Poor his Kathleen voice, Kennedy but he's sense. got a Disney sock shoved in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> he's tied in a garage somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> with like a, a big Mickey Mouse cuddly in his mouth. Yes. Did you ever see, um, this will only be for British listeners, but did you ever see a TV show called Bottom, Alex? Ah, uh, no. had Rick Mail. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so this was like a huge thing in the early 90s, I want to say, yeah. called Bottom. It was like really taboo-breaking, like two idiots doing sort of Laurel and Hardy humor almost, but way over the top and grotesque and gross-out humor. Um, but it had like this actor, Rick Mel, who's huge. This guy standing next to Hux here kept bothering me the last two times I saw it because like, he looks really like this guy from Bottom. And it is. It's the guy, <laughs> Adrian right. Edmondson. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the fucking comedian from that. And I'm like... That tells me so much about the tone Good of this spot. movie when they're casting actors like him. It's, Good spot. Bizarre. Um, so, yeah, uh, he's Poe is doing this silly gag because he's stalling so he can boost his X-Wing. And once it charges, he flies straight for the Dreadnought and he starts taking out all of the cannons. And at this point, we, we get a big dogfight. The X-Wings are sent out. Poe's ship um, fighter is damaged. And this is the first time that we get one of many BB-8 saves the day kind of gags where he puts out his little like arm and he puts it in one little socket and then another one sparks and he puts out another one and that gag kind of plays on. Very Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Another sort of prequely look at all the gadgets we can see GI sort of moment. Um, Is that what Poe's doing? Is he waiting for his ship to recharge? He, he's waiting for like the the booster 
thing to charge so he can he can blast straight at the the dreadnought. What? Because I did it. I did have to write it down this time. It was the first time. I have to admit, the other two times I'm so sidetracked by the comedy. <laughs> uh, this was the only time where I reflected on what's he actually doing. Like, yeah. what's the point? In yeah. this? So that was it. It was and like I- to stall him. So he could get that charge, so he could do the quick So boost. he's done like a one jump from the rebel ships to this ship, but then he needs to like recharge before he could do another little jump. I, I guess. And I guess like if he doesn't <laughs> have the charge, he, they could just shoot him out of the sky. But anyway. Okay. So All the right. Dreadnought at this point fires on the base on Dakar as the last ship escapes, uh, which completes the evacuation. Leia calls for Poe to retreat, but he's a hothead. And we get this a lot throughout this film, and he disobeys orders because he wants to destroy the Dreadnought, and Leia is pissed. And in a moment that I generally found funny, because it is a true hark back to the comedy of the originals, 3PO looks at Leia, and Leia says, wipe that expression off your face, 3PO. And he's, like, all baffled and confused. Yeah. And just, like, it's just a classic kind of- very Everyone's classic Star really Wars game. mean to see 3PO in <laughs> yeah. this film. I like, know. <laughs> really like, fucking mean. They, and they barely gave, uh, gave him anything, you know? No. Like, it was so, it didn't even feel like it was him. Like, it felt like it was some other, uh, some is, new yeah, droid, you know? You could say the same about Chewie. Like, all those classic characters yeah. are, are very deliberately put on the periphery. There's a, it really felt like there's a middle finger to the old stuff here which is obviously a theme of the movie is mm-hmm. kill the old is yeah. literally you know a sentence like we have to kill what's old um, yeah. and it does feel a bit like that on this viewing i was like yeah there's a lot of fucking middle fingers to everything that we liked um you know that people are happy to have back in the force awakens maybe too much mm-hmm. you could argue but now it seems like yeah it's kind of like yeah, okay fuck all you we've got our new young team we need to move on with them yeah yeah other than leia leia's the exception <laughs> yeah um, so at this point, BB-8 now, who has many multiple little digits in this uh, circuit board, he can't control the malfunction, so he pulls back his arm and then uses his head to stop the malfunction. Uh, the resistance bombers now approach the dreadnoughts. Pose called them in because he wants to. He's determined to destroy the dreadnought, um, but the tie tie fighters just destroy all these slow moving bombers, um, and the dreadnought aims its big cannon towards the resistance cruiser that's about to jump into hyperspace. However, one last bomber makes it towards the center of the dreadnought, but its doors can't open. Uh, the young pilot there has her moment to save the day. She she sacrifices herself and has this moment holding her necklace, manages to catch the ignition button, uh, which drops the payload and destroys the dreadnought. Leia has a moment prior to this, which I think is sort of to emphasize that she still is like sensitive to the force where she kind of has a reaction and sort of uh, anticipating what's about to happen. But the dreadnought's destroyed as well as the resistance bomber. Good one, Poe. He flies back to the ship, to the cruiser, and the uh, resistance get away. Snoke calls into Hux and is disappointed in Hux's actions and force slams him in the corridor uh, of that bridge. But again, it's played in a really comedic way in the way that he's kind of like slammed and spun around and whatever. But however, he says that um, the resistance can't get away because they're tied on the end of a string. Now at this point, this is where we cut to Finn waking up from his coma, which was the shot that we said was originally intended for the opening of the film is now the one where we see it pan down onto his kind of big uh, casing 
helmet thing and him waking up. Yeah. Did you notice on Leia's um, screen, because they make this whole point about you've killed all of our bombers now. That's right, yeah. But she has a little screen with like, you know, that she's looking all sad about of everybody who's died. And there's still a bombship that's alive on it, which I thought was a weird. Ah, uh, yeah, right. Weird little misstep. So mm. They're leaving something for later. Good one. Good one. I really like all the stuff with Rose's sister. Tico. Yeah, sister. Cage Tico. Yeah. yeah. I think she's cool. I like all that stuff with the bombs. It's like some cool shots there. And- I love, I, that's still one of my favorite sing- scenes in the movie is, is the one with Paige. I just thought, I thought it was great in the movie theaters and I still really enjoyed watching it again. It was just really epic and it was shot beautifully, I, I think. Yeah, I feel a little bit of Ryan Johnson here. Yeah, no, I really like that bit with Paige too. And it makes me just, again, sort of frustrated with the edit because if some of that, that fluff at the start had been cut down, I think that moment would have even been, that moment could have even been more elevated and more sort of important and, and weighted. And yeah, belonging to her instead of like gags and Poe and all that crap. Yeah, this is the thing. They deflate these cool moments. It's like particularly after the opening crawl, which is quite serious. And you're like, all right, our heroes are on the run. I like all this stuff. I like this setup. Mm -hmm. I do. Um, And I think it's a cool place to come to after The Force Awakens. But yeah, you're right. Like just, you know, opening more with with something to Rose's sister and more of the reality of that battle and the casualties could be straight away, you know, straight away at the beginning before getting into the rest of it. Because there's so much, there's plenty of action in this movie. Yeah. Like, I don't personally need to start with this big battle, but particularly, yeah, with the humor that's going to deflate the emotional stuff that's happening. And there might be an edit uh, coming. Mm, interesting. That. Interesting. <laughs> so we cut to Luke's Island, Akto, and we uh, at the beginning of the, or the end of the scene of Force Awakens that J.J. Abrams set up, where um Ray is handing over Anakin Skywalker's Luke's lightsaber to him. And so we are back in that moment. Luke takes the lightsaber. There's a long pause and then he throws it over the edge. And me watching it this time around, it made me laugh out loud. I thought it was just really funny. I think it made me laugh out loud because also in my head, I just heard all the angry super fans that like really hated that (laughs) moment and thought it was like a complete breakdown of everything. So it kind of just made me laugh at them. I think it's accumulation, though. That's the thing. It's like, for me, it does still make me angry, but it makes me angry because I don't actually mind that. I like, I like him dismissing the lightsaber, mm-hmm. but it's one, the way it's edited in the music, like they build it to this big triumphant thing and you're all in on Ray's face and then they just cut to him throwing it over his shoulder and it just feels too over-egged, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. But also, I, st- I don't still don't know if I'd mind it if it wasn't for the fact that we just had so many fucking stupid, like we just had even more stuff, like you're saying, with Snoke and and Hux. Well, Hux is like, oh, I'll take the call in my chambers. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's just too much. It's like, if it was less humor, then these moments wouldn't bother me so much. Yep. You know? Sure. Um, um, so at this point, Ray yeah, is insisting for Luke to come back. Luke is constantly ignoring all her calls uh, and hides in his hut. Um, at this time, we also get the first sighting of Porgs. That's probably the last time yes. we'll see them. Uh-huh, no, it's not. We see them playing with the lightsaber. <laughs> Uh, but Ray recovers the lightsaber, and at this point, she also notices Luke X-wing beneath the water below down the cliff, which is uh. looks really cool. Okay, I know I used to love. I know, and I know when I first watched, it, I was like, oh my god, I love the Pogs or Pogues or whatever. They're so cute. But now watching it at home, it's like, and comparing it to all the other creatures in the uh, movie, they they do look a little too uh, cartoonish. 
in comparison mm. to everybody else. It is a little I, too much. They're still cute, but it's a little. I, they kind of they pop out a little too much. Yeah, it's like I don't. Again, I think so many of the things that like Alex is saying the super fans are so angry about, and Porgs has definitely become one of them. I know Alex's wife is not a big fan of the Porgs, and I enjoy <laughs> texting into her in sporadic moments. <laughs> But the thing is, is like, they, like they're ostensibly fucking adorable. Like they are. Like just you just look at them in a simple like shot, and they're great. But again, for me, it's just like the overuse of them. Overuse, like, at this for point, sure. they're not bothering me at all. But pretty quick, you get these succession of shots. It's like, well, well, just one shot would do, but instead we get three. You know? Yeah, and because you can argue like with with the original films, I guess even in some of the prequels, is that a lot of the characters that became fan favorites and like these cult kind of characters were the ones that yeah you would see for a scene or a shot and and that was it and then people just like love them and then they became kind of they grew out of that whereas this it's like if they had done that with the porgs then i think maybe more people would be like oh those little birds were kind of cool but then it's just like let's reuse them over and over again and do more gags with yeah they're they're so Mm -hmm. desperate for them to be mascots of the film and mm. I mean, you know, for sure, they must have made. How much money do you think they've made out of selling porks merchandise? Yeah, and yeah. it's this throwaway thing, wasn't it? Because they had puffins on the island they were shooting on, or something. Yeah, that was it. Uh, that were getting in the way of everything, so they were like, they created this creature to reflect oh, the puffins on the island. That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I mean. It's fine, and it is like you know, coming off of some. I kept thinking of okay, judge it by Return of the Jedi, which is a film most people love, but there's so many cute little rascals in that film. But they just don't overregulate it as much as they do in this. It's like, I don't, even the Ewoks is like, maybe it's just because they're practical. I don't know. But there's like a character to the Ewoks where it's like they, their silliness isn't as annoying. But I know some people hate them. So I don't know. Yeah. So Luke, we have a moment here where Luke is looking at his, after kind of rejecting Ray and her calls to, to join the resistance, for him to join the resistance. Oh, and also he has, wait, is that the bit? Oh, no. yes. Okay, so no, it's not. So Luke is, we have a 50, moment where 50. Luke is looking at his Jedi robes and his artifacts and the door knocks and then the door's blasted open and Chewie walks in um, and Luke asks where Han is and kind of has this moment. Um, and again, we were talking before we started this podcast about a deleted scene where Rey is, is still pestering Luke to come back and join the Resistance and Luke rejects her. Uh, calls to do that and goes back into his hut and has this moment where he cries and I thought that scene was so awesome and I'm so sad that it was deleted because it for me just really gave Luke and Mark Hamill just this finally this awesome grounded weighted moment that made you suddenly realize okay I can see why this character is so jaded and lost with everything He's lost everything. Like everything in his life has just been about suffering and losing what he loves. So why the fuck would he want to go back and help these people when he could just lose more? Yeah, but no. why cut it? Why did they cut it? But they and took also it out. you get to see into his hut. That's the only time you get to see into his hut, right? It's his hut's pretty shot. cool. Yeah. 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 It's incomprehensible why they cut this. <laughs> yeah. Cut like some the, of the uh, fighting. I don't no, but it's like it doesn't even matter. It's like ten seconds. Yeah, yeah. it's so short. It's yeah. nothing. It's like it's incomprehensible to me why they cut it. And I'm genuinely fascinated. I remember reading something at the time about Ryan Johnson saying, "Oh yeah, we did cut a little bit of it morning," 
and he gave a reason for it, which I forget. I, d I can't. I would love to know why, because there has to be a different reason. It cannot be time. And a film that's this long with an extra 10 seconds to get something like that, I can't be time. Yeah. And so I just don't understand. I don't understand. Yeah, it is. It's so weird. It is a beautiful um, moment. It and is. And you, ha you need it. Like, Han Solo is dead. Yeah. Spoilers. Uh, so people need a reaction from, from Luke about it. And instead, he just gets that tiny little swallow where he's like, wait, where's Han? And that's it. Like, there's nothing else. That's it. And then it's like, you know, and then it's sort <sighs> of, let's just paint him as sort of crazy, crazy hermit, jaded. But that gives yeah. it weight. That gives it like, for me, it was like, oh, now you see it. You see I agree. all of that loss. Yeah, you it, could it, connect it. with him more. Yeah, for sure. I think yeah. and that's super important. Mm -hmm. And he's, yep. you know, it's all about him in this movie. Yeah, so, well, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's a big thing. He's hope, you know. Oh, very nice. He's Look hope. at you, the big grin. <laughs> but then we get Kylo Ren, my yeah, favorite character. Yeah, so we cut to Snoke's throne room, which is all red, and he's in his gold bathrobe. <laughs> and for me... People love this gold bathrobe, man. Like, do you know how many girls I know who want this robe? <laughs> Like, I know so many girls are like, where can I get Snoke's gold? What? <laughs> no. For me, um, the physicality of Andy Serkis as Snoke, and, and we've talked about it many times before, the physicality of Adam Driver as Kylo Ren is just awesome. Like, their physical performance for both of them. And, and I just love Snoke's kind of little slouch to the side in that seat. It's almost it's just sort yeah. of like so lazy and <laughs> arrogant, and it's, it's really cool. Anyway, at this moment, he's- mm -hmm. he, as we see Kylo Ren entering the throne room, Hux is being praised for pursuing the res resistance and he, uh, Hux leaves and kind of gives this smug smirk to Kylo. And here I wrote down a, a line for me where I was talking about before, which highlights, I think, maybe the strength of Ryan Johnson's dramatic writing. And this line's it's almost sort of a little Shakespearean where Snoke says to Kylo Ren, you wonder why I keep a rabid cur in such a place of power? A cur's weakness mm. popularly properly manipulated can be a sharp tool yeah and it's like for me it's like that's one of the maybe the best bits of writing in the franchise but Ooh. it's and but then later on so snoke has this beautiful shakespearean sinister line and then later on he uh he calls ray a spunk or something like that oh yeah yeah absolutely that's just like, you got oh, spunk. yeah you've got spunk and it's like yeah oh, ruined <laughs> There's something about anybody saying spunk on film that upsets me. I don't yeah. know why. So at this um, point, um, Snoke speaks of the raw, untamed power he saw in Ren, but then just goes on to berate him for not fulfilling his potential and that it was probably a mistake uh, that he yeah, got him as his apprentice and he tells him to take off his ridiculous helmet. Um, and he says that Ren is unbalanced and that killing his father split him to the core and that he was bested by a girl that never held a lightsaber. And that if Luke lives, hope lives, and he says, you're just a child in a mask. And then we cut to Adam Driver having this beautiful angsty emo <laughs> moment in the uh, elevator <laughs> where he destroys his helmet and barters out and says, get my ship repaired. Yeah, no more mask for him. I, I forgot how kind of, I mean, this is purely, this is a weird, isn't it, contraption just for them to get rid of his mask so that he can have all these emotional Skypes with Ray for the rest of the movie, mm -hmm. isn't it? Because, like, why, like, I, why, why does Snoke suddenly have a problem with how he dresses? Like, it's so weird. Yeah. That he's like, take that ridiculous thing. He looks really fucking cool in that mask. And 
My he God, says that to him voice. while he's got mask. guards, masked guards all around him. Yeah, Doesn't exactly. say that to them, does he? <laughs> I prefer him with mask off and well, shirt of off. <laughs> I thought that might be. Just kidding. That was a little too much. Yeah, a little oh, too much yes. for that we'll little point. Very high we're going to get to that. <laughs> we cut back to Arcto, where Ray is updating Luke on the First Order's plans and Kylo Ren. Again, she begs Luke for help and for the Jedi Order to return, and Luke rejects the idea. And he says, and, and here's a line which, uh, again, angered many fans, was he said, you think I'm going to go in with my laser sword and take down the whole First Order? And that upset mm. a lot of people because he said laser sword. And they thought that that sort of uh, was very un-Jedi-like and was like a very much like a, a middle finger to the franchise as well. I keep, I'm seeing right now, so like we're recording this just before I'm about to go to see Solo and there's so many people on my Twitter feed already fighting. Like there's so much fighting mm. happening. Yeah. Like these films make people so angry. Yeah. It's like, where's the joy gone with these films? And my problem is, is like, I've, heard, I've seen people standing up for this movie who did six months ago. And they're really just saying, look, if everyone can just accept it's never going to live up to your childhood, like original trilogy and how that, what that meant to you and all this stuff, then you can have a lot of fun with these movies. And, you know, regardless of that, what you like, and what you don't like, it's like, you need to be allowed to don't, not like something if you don't yeah. like it. And you need to be allowed to like something if you like it and all the shades in between. But they get so annoyed about these weird little lines. Yeah, for and sure. And it's like, it's like, really? Is that the stuff? Yeah. <laughs> like, we're about to get, you know, some weird sexual milking going. Yeah. <laughs> going on. That is Um, weird. (laughs) You know, watching this again, I still really like the choice of Luke's character. To milk that creature. Yeah, the choice to milk (laughs) the creature. To show the nipples. (laughs) I I still like the choice of of making Luke jaded and, what's the word? I've gone blank. But you know what I mean? Like, I feel that that's like a really, in this whole kind of space fantasy franchise, it's a very- grounded and earthly choice to make that someone is mm-hmm. just pissed off and and jaded with the hypocrisy of their faith and everything they've invested their energy and time into that he's just like i'm done like i can't suffer that hurt anymore i can't mm-hmm. put my belief in something and that for me feels very real and i think that was like a really cool ballsy choice to make and so i'm like no, still totally on board with it you I, I know what I'm- i wrote down for luke what Sulky old jaded surfer dude. That is, yeah. <laughs> that is true. Right? Yeah. Digging when he's riding his stick and doing fishing. It's like, yeah. Get off my island, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing ostensibly like on paper. You tell someone what's going on in this movie and the themes. I've got no problem with any of it. Like, mm-hmm. No problem with any of it at all. For me, it's just the particular way they then handle those themes. Yeah. And the big thing I noticed this time that really annoys me is just their inability to follow through. Like, yeah. there's no following through on this film on almost anything. And that really annoys me. And this is what I mean when people are arguing about this film. Some people, oh, you just don't like a bold new vision. And other people like, oh, but you're upset with The Force Awakens because it was too safe. Now, this is too dangerous. And I stand by what I said last time. I don't think this is dangerous. I think it looks dangerous on the surface. But really, yeah. you look at what it's doing and it's very safe. It's playing everything incredibly safe. For sure. And it's, it pisses me off. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like a lot of half choices. Yeah, I think it's like what it's you like said. Someone not said, "Wouldn't it be cool yeah. if this happened?" And then someone said, "Well, that would be cool, but yeah, <laughs> how about you do that, but then you don't do it?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what it feels like for every decision yeah. in this movie. So anyway, Ray ends up following Luke around the island like a bad smell, 
as he does his daily chores. <laughs> he milks. Yeah, he milks that big thing for the blue milk and does the <laughs> the look, which is still insane. That is absolutely insane that it's in there. And then the animal that he milks, which seemingly to me is of high intelligence because it turns and looks at Ray almost as if it's been humiliated because this old kook has milked it and drunk its milk in front of them. Oh my god, I can't you know believe that's wrong? still I in don't there. Get, I tell you what's wrong, I don't get humiliation from the acting of that big old thing. I get this kind of look of like, yeah. <laughs> you want to milk me? Look what me? we do. Look what we do in the privacy <laughs> of our island. <laughs> Who the fuck are you? It's like, it's really uncomfortably, strangely sexual, and I don't like it. It's weird. And it's it the is fact weird. that then those other ones are like blowing their noses in the background. Yeah. They're like spurting stuff out of their noses. Like, this is just too much. Yeah. It's all too much. Christina's yeah. loving it. She loves I the blue milk. I would have cut that and kept pole vault fishing. Yeah. Yeah. Cut that. <laughs> keep the cry. Would you have kept uh, pole vault fishing? I would have kept pole vault fishing. Yeah, I would have kept pole no, vault fishing. No, yeah. I mean, because it's just showing how he survives on the island, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So can we does. just do the rest of the film like this? Can you just say, would we keep this scene? And yeah. Maybe not. And we could just go through the rest of the film <laughs> like that. <laughs> That'd be great. At this point, uh, we notice that Ray has a tracker with her or a beacon that Leia gave her. And now Ray starts hearing voices on the island calling her from a misty part of the island. And Luke notices that Ray has been called. And at this point, she finds the old tree, uh, which holds these sacred Jedi texts. And Luke tells her that it was built over a thousand generations ago. And he said, and Luke tells her that like him, they're the last of the Jedi religion. And Luke starts to question why Ray's here. And she says- Something in her is awoken and she's you? afraid. And Okay, just a point about Daisy Ridley. I know, Al, you've, from Force Awakens, you were never a super big fan of her acting. You thought she was, well, cast. Nice lady, very pretty, looks great in stills. Yeah. I can think act like Kira Knightley. For Force Awakens, I thought she was good. I really liked her in that. In this one, watching it this third time, there's parts where her acting is... is uh, is a little yeah wooden. It's not. It's not. There's, right. some, there's some real stinking. Yeah, some I really like her acting. still. I kept thinking the whole time, like, am I not going to like her now that I'm watching it again? But she doesn't bother me. I like her. She really bothered me. This viewing really bothered me. There's some bits where it's just like, and again, Mark Hamill didn't used to be a great actor. He bothered me a bit in the originals. Like he's definitely outshone, I think, by the yeah, other yeah. actors in those originals. Yeah, but he's. He's pretty great here. And even like, you know, I don't like Poe as a character, but the actor's good. And like, you know, like everyone's at a pretty good level. And then whenever we come to her, I'm like. Yeah, there's some really? bits where it's just like reading off, off the page almost. Yeah. I'm like, we're here because you're a nice person and you, you look really great dressed in that outfit. That's how it feels to me. It doesn't feel like she's embodying it. But you can feel she's really trying, which makes her endearing to me. Because I can see she really, really wants it, you know, in a, in a, yeah. maybe in a similar way to Mark Hamill in the first film or something like she really wants it. But um, yeah, I'm not believing anything she says pretty mm -hmm. much. I believe it, Ray. I believe <laughs> it. So Luke refuses to train her because of her acting <laughs> and that he... <laughs> I'm just kidding. Luke we really need you out of this series as quickly as possible. Luke refuses to train her um, and then he, he says, I came here to die and the Jedi are to die with him. Um, at this point, the Resistance, we cut back to the Resistance fleet. They exit hyperspace. Poe gets slapped and he gets demoted by Leia and put in his place. And she said in that dreadnought attack 
There were dead heroes and no leaders. Ouch. That's a good line. Take that, Poe. A good line, yeah. One of Ryan Johnson's Get little- Get your head out of your cockpit. Get your head out of your <laughs> cockpit, exactly. At this point, we see Leia's cloaked binary beacon, which is connected to Rey's, which is to help light her way home, she says. Now, at this point, the Resistance is looking for a planet for their new base, but suddenly the First Order catches up with them. Snoke's own ship is there. They were tracked through hyperspeed, previously thought impossible, or we learned that it is possible in this film, and (laughs) there is actually an Easter egg in Rogue One when Jin Erso is on Scarif looking for the Death Star plan, she's scanning through and hyperspace tracking or whatever comes up in one of the things. Come on. Before the original trilogy? For real. And so now so taking them how long in the Star Wars that- canon, what they're saying is that Grand Moff Tarkin had had that developing as a plan, but couldn't finish it and get the technology and that the First Order took it up uh, once. once uh, so they've been working on this for like 40 years. Yeah. <laughs> so okay here's another so funny like- bit uh that the track through light speed previously thought impossible poe has just been demoted and put in his place by leia the first order appears and he says do i have permission to blow something up doesn't explain the plan and leia says yep <laughs> yeah. go for it i didn't want to kill shit she's He's like, america in this film isn't she he? just slapped him and told him to stop being a hothead get your head out of your cockpit yeah. And one little moment and she doesn't even stop to think. She's like, yeah, do it. Idiot. I do feel I do feel like, yeah, watching it this time I was like, yeah, pose pose America. And Leia is like, you know, the president that they wish that they had. Who can kind <laughs> of like keep America in check and go, look, I like your gumption. I like your kind of gung ho, like, you know, you want to get stuff done, but you're doing it all wrong. And has to sort of put him straight throughout the film. That's yeah. what I've learned to deal with Poe in this movie, because I really hate him. <laughs> I really hate him in this film. He's such an idiot. I hated I, him when I watched it at the theaters, and I didn't hate him as much this time. Yeah, I feel a little bit the up. same. I feel a bit the same. He doesn't get topless at all. Keeps his top on. So at this point, Kylo Ren goes out with some TIE fighters. There's a shot of Poe and BB-8 running to the hangar, which I think is a really cool shot. It was in the trailer, as, yep. um, which just looks really cool. Um, at this point, Kylo destroys the hangar bay, and they realize that they need to get out of the range of the destroyers so the fighters will retreat. Um, and now, for me, is one of the best moments, which then slowly turns into the worst moment. <laughs> we have, <laughs> as Ben Solo, Kylo Ren is flying around the cruiser, we have this really wonderful moment where Leia senses him and he senses her. And in a sort of throwback to the original films when, when Vader and Luke would sense each other and it would kind of cut back and forth between them. We have a moment like that. Really, really lovely. And Kylo Ren has the bridge in his in his target, and he has his thumb on the trigger, but he's having this moment, this conflict, because he can sense Leia, and he doesn't fire, but then the TIE fighters behind him fire, and it explodes, and he sees it, and he reacts, and Leia goes flying out into space, and that would have just been beautiful and a wonderful moment um, at this point. Oh, yeah, and Ad- Admiral Akbar, the famous Mon Calamari, Admiral dies in this scene. So a favorite starter. <laughs> a sh- shout out to him. Hux orders the fighters back, and at this point, we have this the, the setup of the slow chase that is oh, about to we ensue. Go. We're told that the resistance fleet can keep the first order at a distance. 
that their cannons can't penetrate the shields, but they can't go too fast or into hyperspace because they run out of fuel. So the first order is like, we'll just chase them down slowly. And then that's the premise of <laughs> the rest of the movie. Just, this is this is just this is the movie, right? I mean, yeah, this is the movie. It. That is like the everything else is like you got Ray on a little planet tra- training Dragon Ball style. And then you've got Finn about to go off in a little adventure with Rose, which really is, I mean, should be the fun bit of the movie, but we'll get into whether we find it fun or not. Christina looks like she does. But <laughs> spoilers, Christina's happy. But this is ostensibly the main plot <laughs> is a bunch of ships chasing another bunch of ships at exactly the same speed mm-hmm. <laughs> through space, yep. waiting for the front bunch of ships to run out of gas. Yeah. That's li- that's literally that it. is it. That's and yep, we get that set up in that entire moment. So, so why stupid. couldn't they have just killed them right then and there? Is that because they do the stupid line where they're like, oh, they because they, they put on their thrusters and they go, oh, what type of fights fighters do they have? Not X wing, but Tie fighters. Yeah, they'll, they'll be TIE too fighters. far for the Tie fighters to go to. <laughs> but to what? But the cannons can't go fire that far and penetrate their shields. Too far to what, though? Well, they'll be too far to what? Because they never say. To lose, I don't know, connection to the <laughs> Wi-Fi back at the destroyer. The Wi-Fi doesn't go <laughs> that far, so they're going to be, all right, so they are, but then that's why you send people out on missions. That's what rogue units do. That's why you have someone like Kylo Ren, who's going to lead a fucking group out into space, and it's not like they can't see them. They can, turn, they can see the ships. They're very big. Yeah. They can get it back fine. And Kylo Ren literally just destroyed all of their fighters because he destroyed the hangar. (laughs) And if fucking Poe can have this brilliant idea at the beginning of the film that apparently no one has ever had before with the Dreadnought, which is, oh, if you shoot the guns off it really easily, then it's defenseless. And apparently they can't shoot back because you're too small. Mm. Then I'm pretty sure all these TIE fighters can handle this group of ships. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. They've just destroyed the hangar with most of the X-Wings in. They're golden. Yeah. But instead, like, no, come back. Let's just follow them. Yeah. So there you go. The story's broken down. So as I was saying, we had this beautiful, <laughs> wonderful moment oh. between Leia and Kylo Ren. Wonderful moment. And now it's already started its descent into ridiculousness. But and it gets it's not worse. over yet. Leia <laughs> to get worse. is floating frozen in space. Is this her beautiful, poignant death? Is this the last moment we see Leia? No, because just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine Damn. go down. I was literally, I was literally bringing the music up right now on YouTube. <laughs> she Mary Poppins her way back to the cruiser. <laughs> oh God, I still hate this moment so much. I really, really. Disney do. just did Mary Poppins Returns, didn't they? Do you reckon this moment will be in it? Do you reckon they'll? I have? hope so. <laughs> oh my God, she's uh, she so she flies back. Through the force, I guess, to the cruiser, <laughs> and she sent immediately she to med. That? Yeah. She couldn't, Christina. She couldn't. Like, the first shot of her, she's frozen. They yep. sh- <laughs> she's like, she's an no Je- I mean, let's start with the fact that no Jedi has ever been shown to have these kind of powers, like ever. Mm. And even if they had, she's never been shown to have really any powers at all at any point. Yeah, other than like sensing stuff. Oh, so stupid. It's I so don't stupid. Know. And I remember when I was watching this, obviously the terrible sad news of your know, Carrie Fisher's death was fairly, you know, still fresh with us all by the time we went to see this. And you're like, well, okay, well that's this poetic, beautiful ending 
to her story, which mm-hmm. is going to mean that her character has resonance and mean, you know, meant something. Her death meant something to Kylo and to the forward projection of this story. And now they just take it all away. Yeah. Take it all away for a character that you know you can't have come back again in your next film. Because, I mean, not to be insensitive, but she's passed on. So it's like, it's what like, are you yeah. doing? Yeah, you could have used that conflict for Kylo Ren for the next film. No. Which I appreciate. They obviously didn't know. I mean, they filmed all this stuff, so they knew she wasn't going to pass on. But they really seem to ring out every bit of dialogue they ever recorded with her. Like, there's nothing in the deleted scenes with Carrie Fisher in it. I feel they used every second that they could. Yeah, because I think the original intent going into this trilogy and that sort of, I guess, killing off of the originals was that Force Awakens was Han's film. This was going to be Luke's film. And the last one's going to be Leia's film. So... Very interesting what they do now. Very interesting. They have, they have to kill her off in between films. Yeah. And they have to. Like, we have to start the next one with her funeral or something. Yeah, either that or she's on a ship that gets immediately destroyed and we're just told that she's on it. But then that loses any sort of sense of weight that if you don't see yeah, it. Yeah, because they like- promised they wouldn't do, they wouldn't bring her back to life, you know, with CGI stuff. So yeah. that mean we're going to get someone pointing. You see that ship? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, layers on that. Oh, <laughs> God, it's that. gone. Oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> Oh, it's all gone bad, guys. <laughs> oh, God. So, anyway, she, uh, she's taken to the med, med uh, station, whatever. She drops the beacon that uh, she had for Ray, and it's picked up by Poe, I think, or Finn. At this point, we go back to the island. Chewie is eating some roasted porgs, or about yeah, to. Do and it, a, buddy. And a bunch of porgs watch him, making him lose his appetite. And it made me think, he had no problem killing them. Just eat it. <laughs> yeah. I know. What a waste, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like- Do you reckon he went into one of their burrows and like grabbed one from a family of porgs and then roasted it? <laughs> he, like, like why it, couldn't the porgs like, have? Ugh. Yeah, why couldn't it? they intervened earlier before the pog was actually killed? <laughs> yeah, because now it's just reckon- so wasteful. Is this meant to be a pork that died of natural causes? Do you think yeah. that's, <laughs> that's it? And once again, watching all the deleted scenes, it's like, why would they keep this one and delete something that uh, makes one of their characters even stronger? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't understand. Because again, yep. just like that one shot of him like looking at them and they're looking at him for a second. And I'm fine with that. But they go back to it three times. Yeah. Like, they fly away. And then there's another one there just doing like big dewy eyes. And it's just like, come on. Yeah. Just get, get over yourselves. So, some money, honey. It's some money. So when we have <laughs> money, uh, this yeah, extended gag, uh, at this point, Luke boards the Falcon <laughs> sure. and he finds Han's dice, which is an obscure but seemingly everyone. meaningful relic that the audience <laughs> that must everyone remember. Everyone had forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> that is not really referenced in any of the originals other than you <laughs> may- Oh, okay, it hasn't? No, it's not. It's like a blink and you'll miss it. It's in the Falcon kind of thing. Oh, because I was like, oh, I wonder, I wonder, maybe this is something I missed. Well, you know what? I have a strange feeling that it's going to be emphasized in the solo film. Oh, we'll see. Oh, my God. Do you reckon? My my money is that it's going to, they're going to like, hey, here's those dice that we put in Last Jedi, which you see if you are looking for them in A New Hope. And which we made meaningful in the Last Jedi, but I, I feel like they're gonna they're gonna do something in Solo with that. 
I've been excited all day because I'm going to see Solo at midnight tonight. And talking about this film, you're making me less excited to go and see <laughs> Solo right now. Oh, yeah. So Luke is exploring. He sees those dice. And R2 is in, in the Falcon. He hasn't come out to the island at any point. He was just sitting in <laughs> no, there just snoozing. on standby. And he, he opens, uh, he turns on. And I think this is a really wonderful scene because R2 and Luke engage in some of that classic banter. And it's just, I don't know, for me, it just feels, and maybe it's just my own nostalgia for, for the originals, but it just has that kind of charm about it and energy, which is really nice. It's not like- Well, we have a good test here because I'm with you, man. Like it hit me in the chest this time. The third time around, it's hit me in the chest yeah. when R2-D2 does that hologram. And I ignore yeah. the fact that R2 then turns his projecting head to look at Luke and somehow the hologram stays in the same right. place. But- <laughs> Uh, but it really hit me in the chest. It like yeah. hurt. Christina, you you don't have you know the nostalgia obviously from your childhood with that little hologram of Leia doing the like help me Obi Wan, you're my only hope. Does this like affect you from enjoying those films recently? But you know being a newcomer, pretty much. Yes, I did enjoy this this scene. Okay, <laughs> I liked it, it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good reference to you know the originals and. I liked seeing them together. It's just, it's crazy how much they used him and not uh, C-3PO. See what, blah, blah, blah. Right. You know? Blah, blah, blah. They used mm-hmm. him so much. What, R2? Yeah. No, R2's like, he's barely into this. But I, I mean, feel C-3PO's like this is, barely in this as well. I feel like this is R2's really only significant scene. Wait. Wait, pose, pose, droid is not R2 too? No, 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 that's BB. Dang it. <laughs> dang it, dang it, dang it. So, no, it didn't hit you emotionally quite as <laughs> Okay, maybe not as much. But no, I did like, th- I did like that scene. Yeah. And it's just, it's Whatever. funny, you know, how they can write. <laughs> Damn it. With, with the banter between R2 and Luke, they can write something that feels a little more sincere, grounded, harks back to the originals in its sort of rhythm and pace, yet then all the other gags are all really like nudge, nudge, wink, wink, like look at this funny joke when like, they, I don't know, it's annoying. Mm-hmm. No, I agree, I agree. And, and I have to check myself a lot with that because I do look at that and I go, I love this moment, this means a lot to me. Is it just because it's a throwback? And I look at a lot of these things that I like in this movie and yeah, a lot of them are throwbacks. But then there are things, and we're going to get to them later, that I love about this film, which are progressive. The things mm-hmm. for the, young, the younger team about hopefully moving it all forward. Which again, they pull their punches on a lot. Yeah. But yeah, we'll get there. Now we get Jurassic Park, lady. Oh, uh, yeah. So at this point, just before we get Jurassic Park, lady, we oh, have Luke going to Ray and he says, I'm going to teach you three lessons at dawn and why the Jedi need to end. Ooh. And then we go back to the resistance <laughs> and Poe, uh, the leadership has been destroyed and Poe's like all thinking, eh, I'm the guy that's going to take over this. Wrong, Poe. It's going to be Commander Holdo, played by Laura Dern, Jurassic Park. Um, and then here she kind of, she, she does a speech and I think it really sort of emphasizes the, the central theme in this about sparking hope across the galaxy. And she says that the oppressed and downtrodden across the galaxy know their symbol and that they will be the spark that will light the fire that will restore the galaxy. And that that spark must survive. And I was thinking, they destroyed the Empire. They took over the galaxy. They must have done a real shitty job <laughs> that everyone's still oppressed and downtrodden. And they let the First Order come over and just like, take it over. So Yeah. 
good one yeah, guys they do seem to like in between the films go oh it all went shit again yeah <laughs> like, happens quite a lot in these yeah. films so poe tries to be a hot shot again and he tries to get a plan out of the commander but she puts him in his place and uh, I wrote here, she puts him in his place and at the same time rattles all the misogynistic internet trolls and fanboys. Because <laughs> uh, I remember reading articles about guys being like, um, there's too many women, blah, 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 all this crap. <laughs> oh like, my God, is, really? There's too many this women. This is just like Kathleen Kennedy's image of, like, this is all about her. <laughs> Stuff like that. <sighs> just oh, dumb man. shit. Did they, did they watch the rest of the film? Because she was right. <laughs> His character's right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So at this point, Finn plans to escape. Escape to save, uh, to find Ray. I'm assuming. That's kind of what's well, implied. Is- or is it to escape? Because- no, no, no. Yeah. No, definitely going to find, definitely going to find Ray. Yeah. But this is, we should mention, because this is where there's a deleted scene here as well. Which yeah. I don't know if it was in your guys' collection. With BB-8 trying to cheer up Finn. Oh, that yeah. was cute. And then, yeah, projects this little thing. And it's the only bit we get of some story that's actually between the two films, which is mm-hmm. of Ray basically over Finn's, like, uh, hospital Passed bed or whatever, body, and saying, yeah. saying, we will see each other again soon. And, yeah, and then Finn quite rightly saying to BB-8, I don't know why you're filming that. It was weird thanks. you filmed that. Yeah, again, another <laughs> wonderful moment of the parts of Finn that we liked that yeah. we sort of ripped away. That, yeah, that, that, and, that was a good scene to keep. And, so, yeah, he goes to a hangar and he finds a crying Rose who's holding the other half of the uh, necklace that we saw at the beginning. That page. Great had. storytelling, by the way. That's a great storytelling thing. Like, we only saw, and again, in the deleted scenes, it's actually more of a sister in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But we just see the amulet yeah. that one time, and it's so clear. We know everything we need to know just from seeing the other half of the amulet. You don't need to say a word. That's good storytelling. Yeah, uh, and Rose calls Finn a resistance hero, and he kind of puffs out his chest and has more endearing Finn moments and Rose says that she's had to stun deserters this morning and she realizes Finn's trying to escape so she stuns him and she reveals that her sister died protecting the fleet at this point they figure out that the hyperspeed active tracking which was revealed in Rogue One I already said that <laughs> you heard uh, it, yeah. that they're only being tracked by a main ship so they come up with a plan that if they disable the tracking on the main ship which is Snoke's big ship which is following them slowly they could shut down the tracker and disable it for enough time for the fleet to escape. So they tell Poe the plan. He says it's a need-to-know plan and they have to do it without the commander's knowledge. So they call Maz Kaneda, who was the Force-sensitive uh, person. Played Yellow by, goggle lady. Yeah, played by Lupita Nyong'o in <laughs> the like first that. film. Uh, she tells them about a code breaker who gives them... She tells them about a code breaker and then reminisces about his... <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Don't get me. This this is so fucking weird, man. I mean, for starters, it's like she she's in a scene that looks like in How I Met Your Mother, whenever they cut to Barney playing paintball. You know, <laughs> she's yeah. like in a dark room shooting invisible things. But then, yeah, like they're talking about the code wrecker, and she says they say he could do anything, and she goes, "Oh yes, he can." <laughs> You're like, yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> so for the rest of the movie, when we're with Benicio del Toro, I mean, not with him. So, so when we meet the the guy, I presume it was genuinely meant to be. I'm just thinking about him with this tiny or yellow goggle lady and all the yeah. sexual things they could be doing. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Why do they put that image in my head? Yeah. It's really Aww. fucked up. Uh, really yeah, fucked it was up. really weird. But she says the master codebreaker is on. Uh, <laughs> she says that he's on Canto Bite, which is a high, and he's a high roller uh, on this casino planet. So Finn gives Poe Ray's tracking beacon and they 
they fly away. Um, at this point, we see Ren getting stitched up and Ray suddenly wakes up. And this is the first time that we they sense each other and start to force FaceTime. Ray <laughs> shoots her blaster and Ren reacts, but it blasts the heart and they see each other. And then Luke appears and Ren senses him too. Um, but then suddenly the connection is cut and the nuns are upset that, uh, that Ray destroyed the hut. And she's like, who are no, those people? Because this is the first time we see them as well. And Luke's like, they're the yeah. caretakers of the island. They have taken care of this Jedi temple ever since it started. This always really annoyed me about this island that he's come to. Like, I like that it's the first Jedi temple or whatever. And he came there to die and be isolated and hidden in the galaxy. But there is just so, there are so many things on this island. Yes. There's so many things Lots on this stuff island. On. And in the deleted scenes, we learn there's a lot more on the island because there's a whole fucking yeah. party going on. Like there's on the other village. side of the island, which is, yeah, yeah like a, uh, yeah. Can and I just if say, he's though, so like, against the Jedi, if he wants the Jedi to die, then why go to the Jedi island? Kill yourself, buddy. Just- <laughs> Give it up. Well, not that. I was just, you know, why go to the Jedi? <laughs> why go to the uh, the heart of the right. Jedi? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a good point. Because it's, it's cool. It, it does seem to be like he's on Jedi Island as the last Jedi. It's like, oh, no one thought to look look for him on Jedi Island, <laughs> <laughs> where all the Jedi books are. So Luke takes Ray to this cave, and here's the point. Every time I've watched it. I feel like da- it's like Daisy Ridley reading off a card at a school yes. assembly where she Terrible. says, Master Skywalker, we need you to bring back the Jedi because Kylo Ren is strong against the dark side of the force. Without the Jedi, we won't stand a chance against them. <laughs> it's it's like, terrible. It is awful. You just read it better. You just read it better <laughs> than she did. Honestly. And I didn't really notice it the first two times. This time, like I had to rewind it three times. I did the exact same thing. I wrote down what she read. I, and, and as soon as I wrote it down, I was like, still sounds stupid. But somehow she makes it sound really, 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 really stupid. Yeah, it's almost as if they used... It's almost like they... It was just her reciting her lines before the take. Yeah, and they yeah, used that cut. that's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> yes, it exactly sounds like she's just like reminding herself in her head out loud. Yeah. And they've got her laved up or whatever. So they're just like recording it through a radio <laughs> mic. And they just took that, took that take. Did they do that? Uh, no. Um, you sure? It feels like it. <laughs> it feels like someone had pressed record at the wrong bits, and then when they said action, they accidentally pressed cut. So they, they're like, oh, well, all we have is the bit before. So let's just- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So at this point, really bad. Uh, Luke takes I do, her So can I, can I very quickly say, Adam Driver, because we've had him start to do, like you said, those force FaceTimes. He's, he's so fucking good. Oh, yeah. Like, he's just really, he's really good. Like, just even in that immediate, like, scene of them having that chat, it's so, he makes it intimate mm-hmm. and makes something that is really quite a dumb idea because, like we said in our other version of this podcast, like, they haven't done this before. It's always been talking through your minds to each other. Here yeah. it is, or seeing a ghost of someone who's dead, but, like, here it really is, oh, we can, like, yeah, literally Skype him <laughs> with each other. And it really, he really fucking sells it. Like, he's really great. I yeah, know, like, I love him. He's he's pretty awesome in these films. Like he really, it's I guess it's the tradition of these uh, of this franchise. You need one really awesome actor <laughs> to just hold the whole thing yeah. together. Yep. Well, but who was the awesome actor in the the trilogy, the second trilogy? Uh, yeah, well, that's a good point. You could argue I mean, it was uh, Ewan McGregor, but 
No, you could not. No, I mean, you, but it's the thing. There were great actors in those films. Well, yeah. But none of, of them were great in those films. <laughs> but yeah, no, I agree. Harrison Ford in the first three, three is that what we're saying? Oh. Yeah, probably Harrison for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. In the first one. Well, the first three, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the second. Yeah, no, Adam Driver, he's in a different movie. Like, he's just doing something completely else in this entire... Him Mm. and Mark Hamill, I wish, had more screen time in this movie when they weren't just hitting each other with sticks because... Yeah. They're both fucking... They're both doing something else here and it'd be interesting to see them acting against each other properly. Yeah. So so Luke takes uh, Ray through the cave onto this rock overlooking the the ocean. Yeah. and gets her to sit on it to sort of begin her meditate. And we had this thing of like, what's the force? And she's like, it makes things float. And he's like, no, it's the, he tells her to close her eyes and reach out. And he plays this prank on her. Another, another gag moment where he like, yeah, whatever. And he tells her <laughs> that the force is the energy that binds things. It's the balance. And then he's like, breathe, reach out. Can you feel it? Reach out, reach out with your feelings. What do you see? And we see a Terrence Malick montage. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do get a Terrence Malick montage, <laughs> which seems I like so this. out of I place. I really like all this stuff. I like it all, man. I don't mind all this. This is, for me is weird, and that's what I want from Ryan Johnson. I want weird, yeah, 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 rather than goofball. You know, for sure. I'm fine with seeing a Star Wars film be really different. And so, this stuff, I don't. Again, like she's not the best, but it, I don't know. I did have to Google at this point if Daisy Ridley was British because I genuinely didn't believe she was British from the accent she was doing. Wow, that's funny. But no, she is. She is British. She, yeah. So yeah, Luke says that the the Force it doesn't belong to the Jedi, and to say that the light dies when a Jedi dies is vanity. Uh, but then she starts to sense the dark, and Luke says it's balance. That's balance, and Ray is suddenly called by the dark on the island and she goes towards it and she says it's trying to tell her something um at this point she, we realize that luke has now turned himself off to the force and he has no kind of connection to it and he says to her i saw this raw power once in ben solo he's like it didn't scare me enough then but it does now what a great voice he has yeah what a great voice now finn and rose they escape and head towards canto bite uh, we have a scene of Chewie surrounded by Porgs in the Falcon as he's trying to reach out to the uh, Resistance. Too many Porgs, some would Lots say. Lots of Porgs, <laughs> and he's getting all frustrated. And then Ray and Ren FaceTime each other again, and Kylo Ren asks if she knows the truth about why he destroyed the Jedi Temple, and she calls him a monster, and he's like, I am a monster. And it's really cool because it's raining from Ray, the and then when the yeah. FaceTime connection cuts- uh, he notices that his hands are wet. It's really fucking cool. Like, I yeah. love that. Um, yeah, again, he just sells it really well. It's something that could be really stupid, but he just sells it in such a cool way. And now we go to Canto Bight, the casino planet, which looks a little bit, bit like uh, Naboo. I think it's just because it's got waterfalls and yep. round Everything roofs. Shiny. Everything's shiny. Do you shiny. think that they're going to make a ride out of this? This whole, you know, the whole Naboo oh. thing? God. I hope not. Wouldn't that be Why did you a say good that? ride? <laughs> now I do. With the with those big horse like things and Oh yes, they the totally casino. are. Because they've done they've done that whole side. Is that open now in um No, in I think LA? it's open next year. The Star what? Wars World. Yeah, that's totally gonna be yeah. a Star Wars Disneyland. World. Is it gonna be at Disneyland? Yeah, yes. like a full resort. They've been making it for like years over there. Oh, yeah, is it the right. hotel that I sent you? Mm-hmm. Oh um, wow! Is that part of it? Is that yeah, part of that's it? That's part oh, of okay. it. So it'll be like a whole hotel resort 
all fully Dang. themed. There'll be like With a Moss Eisley. I'm sure there'd be like, because there's going to be like a Moss Eisley part. I'm sure there'll be like a casino-y kind of part. Dang. Yeah, where you can spend all your money. Yeah, this bit narratively I just find pointless, but it, I will admit <laughs> the, the set design and costume design and some of the creatures are, are pretty cool. Like there's a good mix of CGI and puppetry stuff. And it's I kind like. of yeah. the only place where you really see it throughout the film, right? It's true. Yeah. So, how Christina, because you were like alluding to before, you enjoyed this whole segment. You enjoyed this whole little side mission and the world they go to. And the yeah, sort of- I did. I did really enjoy it. And I really enjoy, you know, Rose's and Finn's journey throughout this whole thing. It's some. It's like one of those things. And it's one of the uh, ones that I keep wanting to go back to see. You know, like, oh, oh just cut back sorry. to Finn and Rose. I didn't, I didn't mean to well, laugh out loud. It. You hate what it. What did you say? What did you say out loud, Alex? No, I said I didn't he mean to laugh out, out loud. <laughs> Just internally. No, no, but this is the I thing. Liked I liked it. It was I fun for me. I agree with you. No, but this is the thing, Christina. I agree with you. Like, I mean, we're going to get to the, the horse riding thing later and it looks stupid. But I agree with you in their journey of like going to these different planets. The, the Again, the morals they, they get into when they're there. I think it's all actually really great and it feels very Star Warsy. It feels very Star Warsy. Like, you mm-hmm. know, this is more the sort of fun sort of adventure that you expect from a Star Wars film. It just doesn't fit with the rest of this movie and it's so stupid in contrast to what they're meant to be doing. Like they just seem to be hanging out a lot of time and then having mm-hmm. fun and then having like emotional chats and it's like there's literally the last of your civilization is on a very tight time schedule right now, <laughs> waiting for you to potentially get back with this codebreaker. And I just, it it feels again like it's just a different movie that we've kind of tuned into. It's like mm-hmm. a changed channel and there's a different episode going. Yeah. And yeah. It, and I might enjoy the episode more, but it doesn't fit with yeah. what's yeah. happening. Because the stakes aren't I as high for them. Yeah. The stakes mm-hmm. just aren't as high. They're not on the same page as everybody else. Mm. No. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So when we're there, we, we have a moment where Rose notices the father's racing to these big kind of creatures. And then we get this speech from her, the first sort of speech about the First Order and that rich people are profiting off this continual war. And also this is when we first get a real sort of hammering of it for me, like the Disney sort of vibe where we see the kids down there. They're kind of, yeah, trying to- yeah. boy. Yeah, we get broom boy. Broomstick boy, as you know. And BBA running into Warwick Davis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we have- BB-8 then finds the master codebreaker, who is played by Justin Theroux, who looks like a 1940s Hollywood icon. So just imagine him with uh, Maz. Oh my God, that was him. <laughs> yeah. So imagine him with notice. that old goggle-eyed lady. But they, they get caught He's- <laughs> and <Well>. taken <laughs> away. Now we cut back to... Luke's Island. God, there's just so much stuff in this film. Cut back to Luke's Island. Ray's training. She uses the lightsaber, cuts off a rock. The rock falls down and knocks the caretaker's cart. Comedy. And again, this is the thing, isn't it? You got these moments of like, it's a cool moment. I like this train. It's very Highlander. Yeah. And then she can't control her powers and then Luke walks away disappointed. But he still has to end this stuff in humor. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's like, here, we're doing something important. Oh, all right, let's finish it in humor because maybe the kids won't like it. You know? mm-hmm. uh, but the, And then we get like... Yeah, we get some soap opera from Luke. Yeah, so this is, Lu- this is lesson two where Luke says that the Jedi, Jedi are deified because they're extinct and the legacy of Jedi is failure, hypocrisy, hubris. 
And he's like, they allowed Darth Sidious to rise and wipe them out. And it's the first time we've ever heard Luke call Palpatine or the Emperor Darth Sidious. That's because he probably wasn't called Darth Sidious in the originals. He was just the Emperor. Good point. Uh, But it's the first time we hear that. So, he's like, they allowed Darth Sidious to rise and wipe them out. And then he even says, a Jedi trained and created Darth Vader. And Luke then starts to talk about, open up about what happened with Kylo Ren. And he says that there was balance and he thought he could train Ben and others and Leia allowed him. And But then he felt darkness in Ben. So, he went to see him and try and stop him. But then Ben woke up and destroyed the temple and took a handful of other students. And I want to see those characters. I want to see those characters that Kylo Ren took with him. That it yeah. became like his Knights of Ren, I assume, that have been mentioned that several times. Yeah, where are they? Yeah. yeah, that looked awesome in Force Awakens, didn't it? Like that one shot we get of them all standing in a line. Yeah. I was like, yeah, what the fuck happened to those guys? Did they get fed up with his emo, like, strops that he has? And, and at this point, we find out that that's Luke blames himself for that. Now we go back to the enthralling chase in space. Terrifyingly slow. <laughs> the medical frigate is out of fuel and it gets destroyed. The Admiral screams, Godspeed. And I remember you bringing this up last time, Alec. There's a mention of sort of God and that weird. They do it twice in this movie. They do it they've twice. never mentioned God before in any yeah. of these films. Very strange. Uh, and Can then, I just say, I've written yeah. down here that I'm bored and I want to have a bath, but I'm not allowed to because I have to keep watching this film for the podcast. <laughs> yep. Yep. So. I really wanted a bath, guys. I fucking stuck it out. I didn't pause it and go have my bath and come back. I was like, no, I'm going to keep what I, man, I needed, I wanted a bath so bad. I had to pause it three times. Because you're like, <laughs> the medical frigates destroyed. They've run out of fuel. What, what's the, what plan are they going to come up with? Maintain the course. So they keep going. <laughs> we cut back to Finn and Rose who are now in prison on Canto Bite. They meet a stuttering Guillermo del Toro and his character DJ. Uh, he says for the right price, he can break them into Snoke's ship. And he escapes the cell. So, he'd been sitting in that cell for who knows how long mm-hmm. when he could have escaped. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? What the fuck is going on? He's just <laughs> sitting just there waiting, waiting for, for the this right plot. moment. Why? But I guess for him, it comes <laughs> down to a right- Anyways, I do you guys hate him m- or love him? <laughs> I don't like him. <laughs> Al, I love that what boiling do you think? Down. Do you hate him or love him? I'm just- I don't- look, annoyed- So, his stutter is, seems inappropriate in places. I like Benicio de Toro a lot, though. He's always very, very weird. Mm-hmm. So, my question is, does he always have to be this weird? He's kind of like, he's almost as weird as he is in the Marvel films as a collector. But it's, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm very on the middle with him. I you loved like him? him. <laughs> you loved him. Of course you did. <laughs> Why do you love Benicio del Toro? Yeah, so they... They don't want to have anything no, to do know. with him. I want to know why she loves Benicio de Toro. Oh, why? Oh, yeah, why? Why? Oh, why? I liked his stutter. I thought I thought, I thought, thought he was just so interesting to watch. So, you know, with this movie being so freaking long, like... <laughs> you needed something. I don't know. Those moments long. with him, it just <laughs> made it better. Uh, he did bring in some charisma and some, yeah, like it energy. It brought some life and energy, too. Yeah. yeah. I could have yeah, just stuttered without could- the stutter. And his character Same. would have been interesting enough. No, I like the stutter. I thought he did a good job at it. I thought it was pretty realistic stutter. Okay. Yeah, he seemed to be stuttering on words that you wouldn't be stuttering on. I think that was my problem. It was like he would do it. So, what? 
so they escape, but they don't want to have anything to do with DJ. So they go a separate way. But then DJ runs into BB-8, who has incapacitated the guards by shooting a ton of coins at all of them, knocking them out. Oh, fucking And BB-8 it. saves the day again. So that's another BB-8 saves the day. But Rose and Finn escape by releasing the herd of fathers and riding one through the casino. And this oh, is just so just- prequely at this point. And they ride across the fields. At this point, a little boy, one of those boys we saw earlier, Broom Boy, he goes to ring an alarm, but Rose shows him her resistance ring. And then they jump on the father and ride off. And he goes, go, 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 woo! And it's just like so Can we just skip this entire menace. bit? Can we just skip this entire- Unless Christina really- Did you skip like this Skip it, bit? please just yeah. skip it all. So, they, they escape with this the herd. This is terrible. The BB-8 escape is terrible. DJ it looks terrible. rescue them. And the herd's released. Oh. Back on Arcto, Luke steps onto the rock to meditate. And I don't know if you guys noticed, but at the start of the scene, as he's doing that, sort of underlaid underneath the score is Vader's breathing, I noticed. Oh, really? I did not notice that. No, I didn't notice that. So, he steps onto the rock to meditate um, and he reaches out to Leia and she calls out Luke's name and kind of wakes and, and from her coma. Ray and Ren FaceTime again. And this is the topless Kylo Ren scene. Here we go. Should we do some dialogue from this? Should we role play? I'd rather not do this now. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> do you have something, a cowl or something to put on? <laughs> He's not Batman. <laughs> and he then he just little, turns around. It's a little unnecessary. It's so stupid. It's I've got so no problem with guys being topless. I've got no problem with Adam Driver being topless. He's been working out. He looks fantastic. Show yeah. it off. All for it. But there's a combination of how high his pants are and just how stupid it is with like That's the dialogue right. she says. I noticed yeah. his pants too. Yeah. And then he does the turn, Christina. You know the turn that sometimes we all struggle with when we're acting. <laughs> he oh. does the turn. How do they keep a straight face for that turn? I don't know. He's like I don't know, nipples man. out. Slow turn, bad yeah. dialogue. What a combination. What He's a, a pro. combination. He's a, what can him. I say? <laughs> I mean, we all want to see him topless, but time and place. Not like this. No. Not like this, no. <laughs> but anyway, once that kind of weird... I, I remember when we saw that at the theater. Like that drew a, many laughs. And, oh, and, yeah. The, and the whole gosh. theater was yeah. fucking laughing like crazy when that happened. Which is not good. I don't think it's meant to be intentional. I don't think so, no. So, she asks- And if it is, that's a bad idea. She asks Sorry. him why he killed Solo, and he says she's weak for looking for her parents everywhere after they threw away, like, garbage. And at this point, he, t- he t- tells Ray his side of the story of why he destroyed the temple. Um, he says Luke feared his power like he fears Ray, and he tried to destroy it, and that he was defending himself. Now, Ray decides to go into the dark hole into the island, the big butthole thing, and she's- <laughs> <laughs> I love. I, I have to say, I love the imagery of this. I think it's really cool. Yeah, I like uh, the imagery, and I like this idea that wherever there is a bit like Yoda in Return of Jedi, wherever there is a Jedi kind of centric uh, geographical space, there has to be the flip side of that coin yep. and somewhere for the dark side to come out as well. I think yeah, that's cool. I do like this as well, and I like, I like all well, this scene that comes up. So she goes into the hole, um, and then she has a vision, vision where she starts seeing like multiple versions of herself lining up and it's just a really kind of interesting choice and she it, and she says that it all ends at the same place oh and that's the other thing i like that as this is happening we start to hear ray recount what happened and you don't know who she's telling that to and so she's having this thing where she's recounting that it revealed 
you know, she wanted to see who her parents were, but it all it revealed was herself and that she didn't find the answer she was looking for and she never felt so alone. And at that point, you realize that she's back in the hut and she's FaceTiming Kylo Ren again. Um, oh and she's recounting God. Kids this can't whole, stop. She, yeah, she's recounting this whole story and they're like two teenagers secretly chatting and he's like, um, you know, she, he, Ben says to her, you're not alone. And she says to him, neither are you. Um, and she wants to turn him back to the light. But you know he wants to be touch. the but he wants to be the bad boy with the leather jacket and secret. She every girl loves the bad boy with the leather jacket. Don't you want it so Benster. bad? You want it so bad? Yeah, don't and you she, guys? She reaches out to him and he ungloves. He ungloves. He does. He ungloves. He ungloves for her. And then going in. <laughs> they go in and their hands going meet, in not protected. and like a parent busting their teenage daughter, yeah. bursts in. Oh Luke sees it and he's like. What the fuck? It's like, sir, no if you're going to touch, no put the glove back on. Oh put the my glove God. back on. <laughs> Protected only, Alex, guys. Alex, that's so good. <laughs> uh, I didn't even think of it like that, but that's so true. And he it's freaks so out, so he true. destroys the hut. And then Ray confronts Luke because she likes the bad boy and she feels <clears> that <throat> Luke, the parent, is stopping her and that- uh, Kylo Ren's the victim and she confronts Luke about trying to kill him and then they have this amazing stick fight in the storm <laughs> where she finally then grabs the lightsaber she and threatens Luke him. in the back of the head, man. Like, this is like, no, no, she wouldn't. No, yeah. I don't care if your parent busts in and you're midway through sex and it's unprotected and they're all upset. <laughs> don't then knock your parent out in the back of the head. Like, it, it, she would not treat Luke that way. It's not yeah. a character for her. Well, she does. She's one of those teenagers. She begs for the truth. It's the and- hormones. It's the hormones, guys. <laughs> uh, and then so Luke then elaborates on the story that he told her earlier and said that he sensed the darkness building in Ben and that he looked inside and saw darkness greater than he imagined and that Snoke had already turned his heart and for a moment he was going to destroy him but then he was overcome with shame and guilt and so he didn't but it was too late because he looked up looked down and ben was looking at him and he's like and in that moment i saw the eyes of a boy who had been betrayed by his master and then and that's when that all broke out and ray was like his choice wasn't made i could believe i can turn ben solo back to the light much like luke believed in empire that he uh, could or no, in Return of the Jedi, that he could turn back uh, Vader. And she offers Luke to join her and he refuses. And so she leaves. She jumps on the Falcon and she flies off. I um, mean, at this point, Luke gets back in his Jedi robes and gets a little flare thing and decides he's going to go and destroy the ancient tree. And who should turn up? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Is that it? That's all you got? Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Who could it be? Who could it be? Yoda! Which is weird because he looks... This is all puppet work and he looks puppet really Yoda. CGI in that first shot. It's very in the strange. first shot, yeah. But then afterwards, yeah. I really like this Yoda bit. Me too. And again, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's like what you were saying before, Al. Is it because it captures some nostal- nostalgia for us and it kind of harks back to that kind of chemistry and relationship? Because Luke immediately in this becomes the student again. And becomes yeah. like the, I, but I the also bratty liked what Yoda had to say. Yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah, there, I have no. to say, like, this is okay. So this is where I want to bring up an important part with this film. I think this film has many difficult, challenging, and fantastic things it wants to discuss. I really do. I think Ryan Johnson did he did other people write this? Or was it just him? I don't know. I but it was like, just him. there's 
very interesting stuff being discussed here and part of it starts with these three dreams like they've done these three flashbacks that you just talked about where we get okay here's one person's opinion of what happened here's another person's opinion of what happened and eventually okay here's what really happened and it's this gray middle and this is something that really interests me with this film where i was like yeah again that first viewing i was like hoping okay cool they're gonna go for this gray middle we're gonna get away from this light side and this dark mm-hmm. side and we're gonna find this gray more complicated middle and then yeah this whole bit here is 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 as well like it's another they're throwing a lot of interesting stuff in the air here and what yoda's talking about i think it's i think it's really great stuff to teach kids so there are a lot of there are a lot of good messages in here yeah uh, i'm actually proud of them for including because luke wants to destroy the tree and then he can't so yoda does it for him um and laughs his head off and 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 reminds Luke that the answers aren't in the books. He's like, they're a, they're a long read. Like, did you get through all of them or something like that? And he says, the Jedi don't need them to continue. And he's like, pass on what you learn. He's like, the greatest teacher failure is, is his last line. Uh, and then he says to Luke, look, Luke, we are what they grow beyond. That is the truth. We burden. are what we grow beyond. We are what we grow we beyond. We are what, yeah. they, what they grow beyond. What no, they grow we, beyond. Are, we are what they grow beyond. That no, is the truth. We are what we grow beyond. No, no, no. Because he's talking about the. Um, he's talking about. Uh, <laughs> no, he's talking God basically, dang it! <laughs> God fucking. He's talking that about. That was my favorite quote from Yoda. I was oh, wrong. Really? You were wrong. I wrote, it, I wrote it down. No, you you keep believing what you want. But yeah, no, it's it's um because he's talking about students. He's talking about kids. Yeah. And he's talking about a younger generation. And he's saying, look, we have to be there to teach them. But he's saying, yeah, look, we are what they grow beyond. That is the true burden of all masters. Is that mm-hmm. eventually, basically, you're outgrown. Like the the people yeah. you're teaching will outgrow you. Oh, um, I took I it completely from, differently. I know. I think I like the way you said it a lot more. <laughs> I think it works um, if you say it like Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My problem with this, though, is that Daisy hasn't grown beyond anything. Like, Daisy's been there for about five minutes, and all she proves is she can't handle herself. Mm. And then she just fucking, like, just jumps out of there as soon as things get a little bit tricky. She's like, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> like, immediately. At least Luke in Empire Strikes Back, he stuck around for a while. He whined, but he did stick around for a bit before yeah. bailing early. But she's just like, she's barely, she's done no training. She's had, like, two lessons. She didn't yeah. even do her homework. Like, Well, they kind of, they, they kind of bring that up in points every now and again of like oh she hasn't done this she hasn't done that and and they kind of then throw in that nugget of like no but yeah, then Yoda but says you she don't already to, knows like- more than enough or whatever it's like no she doesn't yeah <laughs> it's like she already has enough for whatever he says i don't know some so it's, it's yeah. just bullshit but I'm, I'm going with christina's so let's believe he says that because that's much better <laughs> no i just googled it alex you're right whatever <laughs> but yours is better so right you know. i am <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and we get another cool scene here, which again is more great morals, which is uh, old, what's his name? Benicio Del Toro. Yeah. So D- DJ wants, wants payment for, for what he's going to do. He uh, Rose reluctantly gives half of the medallion to him. Um, and then we find out that the ship belongs to an arms dealer. And he says to Finn that like in, in war, it doesn't, it's going to continue. Like people are profiting on both sides because he's like, they, they find out that the arms dealer sold weapons to- uh, the first order and then sold weapons to the resistance and he tells finn to live free don't join aka dj that's why he's called <laughs> dj dj that's why he's called dj it's not because he's going to break out some fucking tunes at some point i'm waiting this whole film is he going to be in the end credits 
Uh, like a good mixer. He also does, I love his line. I mean, this it seems great. Like I love this good guys, bad guys. They're just they're made up words. Yeah, is what he says, and it's it's fucking great. Like it's all true, and this is the real machinations of yeah, how this stuff works. Like the rich people profit from war, and they do it by yeah, selling to both sides. And again, America has done it for a long time by selling to both mm-hmm. sides, including the people who then attacked America. Like it's it's really dark and interesting and complicated stuff to be talking about, and sadly they don't follow through on most of the messages that they're doing um but it's good stuff to throw in yeah it would have been interesting to see if yeah maybe if disney didn't own this franchise and ryan johnson had been able to make this film under different sort of under a different kind of context yeah it's so hard isn't it it's it's like when we talked about rogue one it's like i want to give anything i like in rogue one the benefit that it's gareth edwards decision and anything i don't like that it's disney and then this other director who had to do some of the reshoots you know and with Mm. this it's like anything i like yeah i want to think it's ryan johnson (laughs) yeah yeah, exactly but who knows like maybe there's all the shit stuff that he wanted to do you know maybe he was like you know what i want to make i want to make space balls and they're like no steady on ryan we need to (laughs) put a few serious tones in here as well like you don't know so at this point, the last of the resistance ships remains. So Poe is getting a mutant. He's getting a team together to lead a mutiny as uh, Holdo starts fueling up the transports. Ray is comes out of hyperspace in the Falcon and is put into a little pod and shot into Snoke's destroyer, where she's collected by Kylo Ren and stormtroopers. And then we have this just random shot of what looks like a a uh, not Imperial a First Order ship landing. And it slowly pans out and it's just a droid arm iron, ironing the clothes of the First Order. Oh my God, I noticed man. that. I don't think I noticed that last time. I uh, noticed it this time. Yeah, we realize that Finn, <sighs> Rose and DJ crazy, are in there and they've stolen some uniforms. They hide BB-8 in a box and then they start I walking. And then a first Can I just say order. the ironing board thing, man? I love, I love the idea of that. Like, I just want to make clear, like, I love the creative. If anyone who's listening is like, I'm, I'm asking for creativity, and then when they do it, I'm upset. I just want to say, I love the creativity of that shot. It's just how they use it all. It's just like everything is like inappropriately timed in this <laughs> yeah, film. Yeah, but the creativity yeah. is great. Just stop using that for jokes that cheapen the universe. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, so just frustrating that. And I'm really pissed off right now because they've suddenly started just dressing Poe exactly like Han Solo. From this point on in the film, he is dressed exactly like Han Solo. Yep. Hmm. And it really annoys me. Yes, yeah, he so is he... not my lovable rogue. Oh, yeah, we also get he a- He is uh, the new Han slow Solo. No, Sl- you shut up. You take he that is. back. Flyboy, Flyboy. He's you the new take, Flyboy. You take that back. <laughs> Han Solo wasn't a cocky idiot, though. No. He was cocky- but he was uh, had charm and he had hum like this weird sort of like it was kind of because he was slightly like Scooby Doo, you know. He had a little bit of scaredy cat in him, which yeah. was great. Whereas Poe is just this arrogance that's just like no, no, don't dress him. And he just died. Like don't start wearing his clothes. It's inappropriate. So um, <laughs> we also see a, a, a no. like a first order uh, BB droid that takes an interest in the group and sort of starts tracking them. Ray and. Ben Solo, Kylo Ren are going up to the throne room. She's telling him that she senses his conflict. Again, a classic kind of throwback to the conversation Luke has with Vader at the end of Jedi. Says that she will help him turn against Snoke. But Ben in turn says he's convinced he will see Rey turn and stand beside him. And just before the door opens, he's like, I saw your parents, by the way. But she also says, when we touched hands, I saw your future. Yeah. (laughs) It's like 50 shades of grey. So, Poe now leads a mutiny and tries to take over the bridge. Finn and Poe 
Ah, uh, no, Finn and Rose, sorry, reach the tracker room, but are caught by stormtroopers and Phasma. Still alive. Hang on, where do we leave Phasma? Where Phasma was she in the end of Force Awakens? was thrown into the trash compactor on Starkiller Base. So, how mm, she yeah. survived that, She's who fine. knows? She's absolutely She's doing great, fine. man. She's doing great. And, and so this is you- a whole bunch of like weird deleted scenes here as well. Did you yeah. see all that stuff? Yeah, that Very one that you said that was shot like- here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Sorry. I was going to. Yeah, there's stuff with Phasma. But, yeah, there's a whole thing oh, the here. Phasma, yeah. Which goes on for ages of, yeah, uh, Finn and Rose and Benicio Del Toro or DJ undercover walking through with BB-8. And it goes on for ages. And then they nearly get caught going into a lift and then again to the lift. And, and it is kind of replicating that original New Hope kind of stuff where they dressed up a little bit. But then they're in this lift and then all these stormtroopers get in. And it's just comedy moment after comedy moment. <laughs> and then the stormtrooper like recognizes Finn and they're playing it like it's a tense moment. And then he starts talking and he's got this really like southern accent to hey, him you as well. F one eight no 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 So weird. And then like Rose is going for a gun and then Benicio stops her because somehow can just like tell that <laughs> what's gonna happen. And the stormtrooper then like it turns out he's just like, Oh my god, didn't think that you were gonna be up for like promotion. And it's just so like broy about it, yeah. and then like slaps him on the fucking ass, and it's just it's so it's like really like you never hear stormtroopers talk other than a quick sort of and we here we have is this like our first full stormtrooper conversation? I don't know, but this is one I was like, oh, I'm glad they didn't put that in. <laughs> terrible. Yeah, they didn't need that one. Absolutely terrible. Awful. Really, really stupid. Yeah. And we get a whole bunch of other stuff that. I don't understand. Did they reshoot it? Because it was is Finn's original stuff with Phasma. That's very different that we're going to get oh, into yeah, in this section. To, yeah. So um, at this point, Leia wakes up and she stuns Poe, who's tried to lead a mutiny. And the transports. Yay! Yeah. So he's he's shut down, which is good. Transports start leaving. Holdo says that she has to stay to pilot the ship, the cruiser, so they can distract the First Order. Why, though? Why does she have to pilot it? It seems like it can go straight forward. I don't know. I do not know. I don't believe that at all. Snoke at this point confronts Ray and he ma- admits that he manipulated the whole situation and bridged Ren's and Ray's minds because she knew that she would take the bait and feel sorry for him. Um, and now he wants Skywalker. So he lifts her up into the air and starts uh, reading her mind as she screams. Now Poe wakes up and he's informed of the plan to fly to Crate, which is a planet with an old rebel base. And he realizes that that plan is actually good and could work because he's a hothead idiot. And if he had just been calm and listened to everyone. And, and they all seem to love him still, which I just don't understand. Like he's been yeah. a dick. He's for mutiny. He's had many people killed and yet they still love him. Yeah. Like they're still like, oh, but I like him though. He's, he's great. He's a troublemaker. Like they want to sleep with him maybe, yeah. but I don't yeah, think possibly. you actually like him. He's an idiot. Finn and Rose are to be executed, and it turns out the DJ betrayed them, and he is getting his payment and getting transport to escape on. Snoke, who's now got all the info from Ray about Luke's location, she tries to fight him, but he just brushes her off with the force, and that's when he says, Mmm, such spunk. Stupid, stupid <laughs> line. <laughs> oh, please don't say it. Okay. Stupid line. <laughs> uh, at this point, she takes. This is all. And this is all Return of the Jedi, isn't it? Really, like that's what they're trying yep. to do here is like recreate the Emperor and Luke, and then yep. Darth Vader in between. Like it's they're yeah, thrown in a lot of different they're films. Playing here. with that, and, and certainly playing, yeah, with our expectations of how that was going to turn out. 
which it does it turns out exactly the same way though that's the weird thing with this scene it's like it's that's still a really true. cool scene yeah but it turns out exactly the same way as it did in return of jelly yeah so she takes ren's lightsaber and tries to destroy him but he overpowers her and orders uh ren to kill her However, he ignites Anakin's saber next to Snoke, slicing him in half, and then they fight the guards. And there's some brutal kills in this scene with the lightsabers. Like, there's beheadings, there's the yeah. catching the lightsaber and igniting it through the guy's head that has Kylo Ren in a chokehold. Yeah, it's fucking Lightsabers great. through the, cr- the back, and yeah, it's so crazy. The Red Knight, who has, like, the whip and then is pulling it in, like, step by step by step yeah. to pull right in t- towards him, like- this i think we said it in our last time we did the show but it was like i still don't the physicality of kylo and of ray isn't great like they're not you know they're clearly not martial artists or anything they can't perform this stuff really that much better than luke did a long time ago mm-hmm. but the choreography of how it's shot is so much better like yeah. it's, it just looks fucking awesome it's really yeah, it's i really still really love this scene too yeah. it was really so great and it's really satisfying because you're like oh shit Something's going to actually happen yeah, that's going to shake everything up. And I'm really hoping for that gray middle. That's what I'm genuinely really hoping. And that's and what- what- yeah, sorry. Go. No, 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 go on. No, I was just yeah, going back to the, the physicality thing because obviously in the, in the prequels, they played the whole idea that, you know, this was the peak of the Jedi and, and, and all the choreography for the fights was really dynamic and they were agile and doing flips and poses and all that. And the thing I love about Adam Driver and Kylo Ren is it's just so, like, heavy-footed, grounded, crouchy, yeah. masculine, like, so aggressive it's like, it's and like macho brawling. and just heavy that it, it looks so fucking cool. Yeah, it really does. It really does. Like, this scene, we're, I'm, this is one of my favorite bits of the movie because we've just had, like, I actually realize, like, in the last scene, we get a cool um, a cool bit of morality again where where Benicio de Toro has betrayed them and, and uh, Finn... Yeah. So he says to Finn, "Oh, it's just business," and then Finn says, "You're wrong," and then he just says, "Maybe." And yeah. I really love that. Like that's just so fucking cool. That's really good writing. And then you get this cool scene that's so much fun and makes you feel like something great is going to happen. And then yeah, they end it with some cool revelations about her about her parents and all this yeah. stuff. Which Adam Driver so good the way he delivers this dialogue. Yeah. Awesome. So so they kill the guards and and Ray is kind of in the moment and wants to save the fleet and she's like telling Ben to come. And he then has this moment, yeah, where he wants to let old things die. He wants the Jedi, the Sith. And it's also very symbolic, I think, maybe of the franchise at this point as well. He wants yes. to rule the- ga- But then he, he he tells Rey that he wants to rule the galaxy with her and bring new order. And then, yeah, and then this bit, the next bit, which is awesome, where he reveals the truth about her parents and says that they were nobodies who sold her off for drinking money. And they're buried in great. a pauper's grave in Jakku. Yeah. Like he gets, he's like, you, you know what it is. You can say it. You can say it. And she yeah. just says there were nobody. And you're like, it's so good because she's yeah. known it all along. And out, and they're aware. What's great here is they're aware of outside of the movies. It's been way more important to the fans who are mm-hmm. her parents, who are her parents. And they try and build it up a bit in this movie with Luke doing that whole "Who are you?" thing, like yeah. at the beginning a couple of times. And then her obviously asking to see her parents in that mirror thing. But really, it's about the fans' expectations, and they they did like just kick it out so well here but what i'm worried about (laughs) is that we have ben in a dire situation where he thought she was going to be on his side she's now saying no she's not and he's could i mean they can take all this back can't they yeah like i really hope they don't but they can this could all be a lie this could all be ben just manipulating her insecurities yeah and also there was a part of me was like 
Both at the same time, please. Three, two, one, go. He was manipulating her, though, by saying that she was she came from nothing, but he doesn't see her that way. Not in his eyes. She's yeah. not nothing. So, not me, you know, breaking her down, breaking her down and making her feel that. Uh, but in his eyes, she's everything, which is kind of fucked up. You know, that's total manipulation right there. But I would still take his hand and go with him. (laughs) (laughs) Of course you would. Yeah, because he does. Yeah, he says you have no place in this story. You come from nothing. You're nothing. And then yeah, but then except except for to me, and it's so good. uh, Yeah, that that whole bit is awesome, and and you would hope that they keep the weight of that. I think the fan backlash. It'll be interesting with what JJ Abrams does because yeah it would be easy to to take back all of that you could just make it like oh well Snoke bridged their minds and manipulated the whole situation he also put yeah. those visions into Ben was just lying Ben's head, or Ben like, didn't know or whatever yeah no but yeah, why take don't. it back don't take it back why please don't please yeah, follow don't. through with this because they don't follow through with much and they need to and this is my favourite bit in the whole movie mm-hmm. is this exchange between the two of them and no realisation of it and yeah him being again a cautionary tale for kids and young girls out there her age is like yeah when the guy is telling you stuff you, you come from nothing you're nothing but not to me I love you <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. is yeah emotional bullying like, like this up. is it terrible fucked yeah. up, man. and lots, lots of guys do it and it's terrible so at this point because the f- First Order have seen the fleet escaping the transport, escaping to Crate, Holdo, Commander Holdo, in an act of sacrifice, turns the Resistance cruiser around and aims it at the First Order fleet. And in such a beautiful, awesome, awesome moment, she jumps into light speed and we just have silence as it pierces through the um, Snoke's main destroyer. And it's fucking awesome. It is so This feels good. like Ryan Johnson to me. Like this imagery in the moment, this feels like- yeah more of what i expected from this mm-hmm. movie these bold things I, yeah. I do want to say i think it was an effects nightmare that for the last like however long since they've seen them escaping they've been the, the uh i'm gonna sound really stupid the empire are they not called the empire anymore first order sorry first order sorry i do get muddled with that uh they've been shooting look at you you're very disappointed at me right now <laughs> they've been shooting the, re- the rebels out of the sky and they had about 12 to 15 ships in the sky and they're shooting them at a rate of like one every four seconds and i could just feel them trying to organize these shots in post-production and just being like so we animated 15 ships we've blown up 20 on screen not even counting the ones (laughs) off screen that should just be happening anyway and now we need to still have at least six left in the sky it's like it's it's they would all be dead like nobody's surviving this yeah but it makes for a beautiful moment. It does. Uh, at this point, Ray and Ren have a force tug of war over Anakin Skywalker, and again, symbolically destroying the past. In the in the midst of this tug of war, they pull the the lightsaber into pieces, and then Finn and Rose escape. But we have one last moment where Finn confronts Phasma, and they have a bit of a battle and a fight. Now, there's an extra scene uh, in in the movie in the final cut. He smashes Phasma's. He smashes Phasma's helmet, and then the platform she's on is destroyed, and she goes tumbling down into sort of like fire or whatever. Yeah, without him really doing anything. Without him really doing anything. Whereas in the deleted scene, he destroys her helmet, but she falls, but then comes back up onto the platform and is surrounded by stormtroopers, and then Finn 
tells the stormtroopers that Phasma, when held at gunpoint, deactivated the shields on Starkiller base, which destroyed it, which then made them question her leadership. But then with a swift firing of her pistol, she kills them all and then shoots Finn down or knocks him down, but then he gets a blaster and shoots her. It's much more interesting. Like the yeah, I really liked it. Is way I really more liked it. And what yeah, I liked really, it too. It's one of my things that really bothered me in the film is like, they all get blown up because of that cool thing that Laura Dern does. And they're like, when that happens, they're under arrest pretty much from Phasma and all these other people about to be executed. And then suddenly the entire hangar blows up. They're both miraculously completely fine when everybody else is dead. Mm -hmm. And somehow not only did that blast kill everyone except for these two, but it teleported Captain Phasma and her stormtroopers out of the room so that they could then walk back into the room (laughs) and beginning of the next shot. So, like, this edit doesn't solve all those problems, but it makes it all make a lot more sense. When I saw Mm -hmm. this, I was like, oh, okay, that's why it makes no fucking sense in the film, because they reshot stuff, edit it in a way just to try and, I mean, I don't know why. Maybe they didn't like him being responsible. Maybe it was too long. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? So, this moment is is broke. Like, once Phasma dies, we have another BB-8 saves the day moment. Arguably the worst of the BB-8 saves the day moment, where where BB-8 pilots it. ATST uh, with its like head off in convertible mode, and then they rose and and fear jump on it, and it like jumps around the debris and ugh, it's awful. It's terrible. More people riding CGI things. Just stop it. Everybody, yeah. stop making people ride CGI things. Yeah, it just doesn't. We're not there yet, guys. We're just not there. It's just very bad. Uh, at this point, Hux finds Ren and the body of Snoke. Hux assumes that he's now in charge of the army, but Ren chokes Hux into submission and says, the king is dead, long live the king. Uh, what is it? Yeah, Supreme Leader's dead, long live the Supreme Leader, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Hux said it, so who cares? <laughs> Rose and Finn then escape onto Crate, and they, the resistance are there. They get into the rebel base. They manage to activate the shield, and they send out a transmission into the galaxy, calling on help from all the allies. So this Before- is just when you think you've hit an ending, right? Like this yep. for me, even the third time round, I'm like, I'm ready to go have my bath now, guys. Like I feel <laughs> I'm finally there. I've earned it. It's all coming to a nice close. <laughs> yeah. And no, we're two no. hours in. We still got half no, an hour of this got fucking time. thing. So the first and here's order- the weird thing. It's like Disney. Are, sorry, man. But Disney are running like Marvel. Marvel movies are long, right? They're like two and a half hours as well, if not longer. Like Infinity War is longer. But they somehow pace it right. Like they somehow mm-hmm. like make that time make sense. In this movie, like this is what I mean. It's lurching all over the place. You get yeah. to the end of these two hours and it feels like it's done. Yeah, And then you're reminded, oh no, remember all those cool things you liked in the trailers of red on white? That's all still to come. Like, there's Here a whole fucking go. extra. <laughs> get it, get it over with. Please, hurry. It's time for some salt. So the First Order arrive with the battering ram Blood cannon salts. and begin their approach. Finn inspires them to take out the cannon. And we have Gareth Edwards' cameo when the guy next to him says, uh, puts his hands on the ground, licks his fingers and says it's salt. Because when you're in a new environment anywhere- <laughs> The first thing you want to do is lick the ground, just to know. One of the many good moral tales for kids. (laughs) Lick the ground first, and then pull focus to the director of your last film and linger on him for far too long. (laughs) Yeah. So, they engage now in the First Order in these old ski speeders. A moment that I like is when Poe's flying it and his foot breaks through the the hull and his foot's just dangling out. It's awesome, this stuff. It's really cool. I love it. At this point, I, I wrote here in my notes that 
John Williams' score and just the sound design in general is really, really good in this bit. Just really, really dynamic. Yeah, you have that first order theme kind of play as they approach. It's really cool. Hux, who's really cool. now under the command of Ren, is told to keep pushing through the past, to keep pushing through past the small band of fighters. In this bit, again, I just like they use Hux really as a kind of foil for Stupid comedy, foil. don't they? Yeah. They're just him like saying stupid lines or repeating stuff kylo <sighs> ren says it's like here's a heavy serious line from kylo ren and now let's just throw in the joke it's mm-hmm. frustrating and then as the the speeders are getting kind of blown away and the battle is looking perilous for them the millennium falcon arrives as it always does and is always awesome and we have chewy doing a classic chewy scream let's cut there nope let's have a screaming <laughs> porg <laughs> <laughs> but then becomes basically what are those things that you get where you suck at them onto the window of your car ah. you know where it's got little things on the feet and the arms everyone knows what I'm talking about it becomes well, Christina's shaking head. you don't know what I'm talking about you no, know what I'm talking about no. you get a cuddly but it's got like little suckers and you can you can put it on the window of your car right. it's like a little mascot thing yeah okay. come on you know that that's exactly what the porgs become in there so yeah. it's just like this little thing rattling around in his front fucking window on his dashboard yep. and then it just like sticks to the window for comedy moments and <sighs> Should it? I mean, so, I presume it's just there as a snack for when he needs it. <laughs> so at this point, Finn does what Poe has not shown a willingness to do in any of this film. Holdo sacrificed herself. Now mm-hmm. po- Finn is prepared to sacrifice himself and fly Lost. straight into the cannon. A you, don't see, you don't see Poe doing any of that shit. No. <laughs> Paige sacrificed herself. Good yep. one, Poe. So Finn does what Poe has <laughs> Poe just likes to sacrifice all his fighters. Yep. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And, he, and he goes to fly straight into the cannon, but at the last minute, oh, despite like parts of his ship melting away around him, he, he doesn't <laughs> He's burn just broken a sweat. Yeah, He's just uh, broken a sweat. That's it. He's flying into something that can melt... <laughs> <laughs> a sort of Lord of the Rings door. Yeah. And he's broken a sweat. That's it. But Rose stops him by crashing her own speed into his and they go flying out. And and she says, you have to save what you love. And okay, then seems so to die herself. And then kisses him. Th- and she's she's known him for like 14 hours. Go on, Christine. Yeah, I, I, I thought like that kiss was so unnecessary. And why does she have to be in love with him in that way? Why can't they just, why can't it just be a friendship? And why can't she be, yeah. why can't you just be doing it for a friend or for another human being, uh, somebody mm-hmm. you care about? Why does it have to be a romantic? I, yeah. I felt like it was just kind of because it's Disney. awkward. It was really awkward forced, forced, wasn't it? Yeah. What's yeah. What, what's and he's really... supposed to be in love with Ray or whatever her name is. He's meant Ren. to be, you think? Yeah. But that's, okay, so here's the thing. Like, I think there is a flip side to that. So my problem with the scene isn't necessarily that, but I see what you're talking about. Like, my problem is, yeah, like you're saying, Alex, we finally have someone, okay, learning what they've been taught and going, okay, I need to sacrifice to save everybody else. And Finn's going for it and they deny us of that because they keep pulling their punches. But then Rose seems to do it, but then nothing bad, you know, they don't affect the, the, the uh, First Order or anything. She mm-hmm. just saves him, but then she seems to die, and then we learn no, that didn't even happen anyway. Like they just keep pulling punch up <laughs> yeah. the punch up the punch up the punch. Yeah. But her relationship with him, yeah, I agree. It'd be better if she didn't kiss him. You can say, look, we have to save those we love, and then you can leave it open for, okay, she's probably got a crush on him, but it might not be that. It could just be family, you know, it could be yeah. friendship. You don't know. And you could leave yeah. it open for it could be any of those things and explore that later. But I will say what we're gonna get to at the end there, I do like that the they're slightly like he is more interested in Rose by the end of the film than he is mm-hmm. in Finn. 
And I kind of like that. But they kind of have to do that because Finn's then interested, obviously, in shirtless Adam Driver. So, uh, you mean oh, Finn? You mean, sorry, sorry, <laughs> right, right. Is Finn? <laughs> where did, where Finn did might this be love well. connection come, come from? <laughs> Look, that I'm would, a little interested in shirtless Adam Driver, so maybe Finn is too. We don't know. That would be yeah, I guess I guess they'll love the love trail. It it, it goes to different. It, it, it split. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we, don't, we don't want a love triangle Whatever. for the next one. It would get boring. Like, we don't want to see, like, Finn and Kylo Ren fighting over Rey. Like, it would, they're both worth more. I would applaud that very uh, progressive twist if Finn had a massive crush, <laughs> Man on, crush. Uh, on Kylo Red and they <laughs> fell in love. That would be great. That would be great. Maybe that's where we're going. JJ Abrams, man. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. You have no idea. But uh, yeah. But no, nobody should have dies. Just, should, have, should have just, yeah. I remember when we, when we were watching it at the theater and thinking, oh, Finn's going to kill it like he is going to sacrifice himself and feeling like it was such a shame because we didn't get enough of him in this film but also thinking that's a really cool choice like kill him like like that's going to be great but no Christina's died yeah. <laughs> we lost even, her yeah the save, <laughs> save what you love like yeah leave it hanging no kiss because yeah, great yeah. messages good messages so anyway they the cannon destroys the blast door and Leia realizes that nobody's responded to the distress signal. And then Leia says that the galaxy has lost hope and that the spark is out. But suddenly, as she says that, Luke appears. He's had a haircut. Dyed his hair a little, I think. Maybe his beard as yeah, well. Yeah, he looks younger. Looks he's looking, looking nice. He apologizes to Leia and says that he came to confront Ben, but that he can't mm-hmm. save him. And she, she knows. I've got to kill your son, is what he's yeah. saying. Yeah. So, he holds out. she holds out her hand and he gives- Leia Han's dice because that's been so significant throughout this whole franchise. <laughs> well, she, and she looks at him with this look that says one of two things. Either, what the fuck are these? Because <laughs> yeah. like everybody else, no one remembered. Or, oh, thank you for giving me these things that belong to the love of my life that you stole from the ship that I've had with me like all the time for the last film she had the millennium falcon there the whole time she could have yeah. taken these dice whatever she yep. wanted to he just stole them off the ship yep which it wasn't even his ship mm-hmm. interesting i'm telling you that those <laughs> dice those dice are gonna there's gonna be something in i'm gonna find out in about two hours man and i'm, yep. I'm scared now if they're like the whole thing the whole film is about we've got to find those dice man <laughs> If it is, don't 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 tell me. Don't tell me. No. All, I, all I'm going to do. Do I have permission at least just to text? You know, dice confirmed or denied if they no, even feature no, in any way. I don't Nothing, want any. Not even one shot. You no know, dice any spoilers. We have to look forward to Al. Give <laughs> just us the something. Dice. Just the dice. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. No spoilers. So Luke As normal, then goes I will out. Let you know if there are dragons. <laughs> that is. Luke goes that out is. to confront Kylo Ren, who orders his troops to fire everything they have at Luke. And there's a giant dust cloud, but then Luke suddenly appears out of the mus- massive dust cloud looking up at Kylo's uh, transporter and he gives his shoulder a wipe. <laughs> Dragable Z star. Yep. Aussie. And then Ren confronts Luke and they start to fight. Uh, or the, no, they confront him first. And then we cut back to Poe who talks about this. He, so Poe gets Commander Holdo's quote wrong. He says that we have to... He he tells Finn that we have to. Luke is creating a distraction, and we have to leave because we're the spark that will light the fire that will burn the first order down. That's not what Holdo said, Poe. She said you'll be the spark that will light the fire 
that will bring back the Republic or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, we'll ignite the rebellion or whatever or something. Yeah, no, completely. He has to make it into this violent thing <laughs> where it's all about bringing back Wrong. hope. And do you know po. what? <laughs> fucking, fucking idiot. And do you know what else really annoys me here? Is he's standing there and he's looking at Luke having this Dragon Ball fight with Kylo Ren. And he's like, wait, he must be doing this for a reason. As if stopping them from destroying them wasn't <laughs> enough reason. He must be doing this for a reason. What can it be? Oh, maybe we're meant to escape. If he wanted you to escape, he literally walked through and hung out with you all for a bit, <laughs> handed over some fucking heirlooms that he had stolen. He had time to say, maybe you should all scarper while I go distract these fuckers <laughs> outside. Like, he, like, why would you do that in code? You just tell them, maybe go. Oh, it's like, God. oh, really annoyed me. Really annoyed me. So how are they going to get out, though? Ah, oh, I know. Let's follow the crystal critters because they know how to escape. And Ray and Chewie are find, uh, flying around and they see where the crystal critters are coming from. However, it's blocked by rocks that the resistance can't get through. So Ray Luckily, the rocks are CGI so they can be <laughs> in a future scene. So Ray has to use the force to lift rocks, which she said that that's all the force is for, like lifting things. But we go back to Ren. It looks and terrible, Luke, by the way, man. And we have Kylo Ren, Adam Driver in his crazy physicality, hunched down, and Luke in a very much sort of like Obi-Wan Zen kind of pose. Um, and he runs at Luke and slices through him. And we have this cool shot of the him sliding and the ground turning red and it's like is it blood or is it the salt he turns around and luke realizes that luke's still standing there and he puts his lightsaber through luke and then that's the point he realizes that luke is just an apparition and we see luke meditating on the rock back on arcto um, and ren realizes that the resistance have escaped and luke tells he him, luke tells him that if you destroy me i will be with you forever just like your father how did he uh, how did he create the dice then to give to Leia? Because they sit in her hand, like this physical physical like, you know, reaction of they he gives them to her. And then like Exactly. Because the whole point of this fight is when Kylo Ren realizes, oh, I've never actually even touched him. Mm-hmm. Because he's not even exactly. there. And then he kind of puts his puts his hand through him and he's just not there. It doesn't make any sense. Yep, yep. Oh, yeah, let's wrap this up. Yep. As long as we're all in agreement. <laughs> Luke. <laughs> So at this point, Luke is physically drained by his exertions. Um, Ray and Leia both sense that his time's coming to an end. And Luke looks out to the twin sons, just like he did when his adventure first started on Tatooine uh, back in A New Hope. And at this point, he, he smiles and he becomes one with the Force. Kylo Ren enters the base and he finds said dice and picks them up and then they disappear. <laughs> it's like, ah, these dice. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what the fuck is the And at this point, he realizes that he's still connected to Rey and they kind of have a moment, but she doesn't engage with him and shuts the door of the Millennium Falcon. The dice disappear. And at this point, Poe and Rey meet for the very first time in this new franchise. they're about 100 feet away. So look, look, the fucking Empire, um, sorry, not the Empire. They've done, the baddies have done all this shit to get to the goodies and they've like flown they've chased them across the entire galaxy for god knows how how long don't know it could be hours could be months no idea and then they get them on this planet they pull the resources they've had this huge battle they're about a hundred feet away just boarding one single spaceship that then has to take off and go through the atmosphere and go out to space but when they do that you don't see any like there are no no one's chasing them no one's shooting after them just kill them yeah 
but they seem to just think, oh, fuck, they went out the back door. Oh, well, we can't get them now. <laughs> it's like, and, and it's like, don't they have any sensors and stuff to know that? There's that something's all- moving out of, out of the atmosphere. <laughs> they're all back there, it's yeah. so stupid, man. It's so stupid. And you'd leave some spaceships in space on parameter watch, you know? Yeah. It's, so it's really, really dumb. It doesn't really work. So they're on the thing. Poe po and Ray meet for the first time. Rose is unconscious. And we get a nice tableau of the group sitting in the Falcon. And I think this is the first time that the Resistance now call themselves the Rebellion. So now they're back to the Rebellion, as they were. The relig- and, and you yeah, so you get this really nice tableau layer sort of in the middle with Ray and you kind of see everyone. And then you see them flying through hyperspace. That wonderful time to end. Let's end it. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful tableau. No. Let's leave no, the no, story. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Let's go back children. to the little kids on Canto Bite telling the story of Luke Skywalker. And then they get in trouble and the little boy, broom boy, goes out and we realize he's force sensitive. He uses the force to get the broom from the wall. And it is look- blinking. you miss it though. Like I have to yeah. say, I appreciate that. It's blinking. you miss it. And he looks up at the stars and he sees a shooting star or possibly a ship going through hyperspace and he- holds up his rebel ring and holds the broom like a lightsaber. Disney. Disney. So Disney. And then that's the end. Oh, my God. That's the end. Worst ending. Right. Worst ending. Um, (laughs) Well done, guys. Well done. Christina kind of tuned out for a little bit near the end there. She was like, I'm done. (laughs) I was just, you know, taking it all in again. You're just reliving it through Alex's words. <laughs> I can't believe, I can't believe for me, like I have no problem with killing Luke whatsoever, but this weird, like, I'm not really there, Dragon Ball battle. Oh, he's actually still alive as well. Everybody's still alive. And then, oh no, but he does die. But again, like, it's just this weird judderiness, you know, to this film that I hadn't noticed until just watching of like, oh, it's like, you're going to, you're on a track to do something cool. And then you diffuse it in a stupid way. And then sometimes you still like do something, but it's like you've already stopped the car. So, that it's, so it's like, it just, there's no fluidity to stuff. It's mm-hmm. just kind of, oh, and this. Oh, and, oh, fuck. We've got, oh, yeah, and this. It's just like, it's like someone, it's like a first draft. That's honestly how it feels. Yeah. It's like there's a bunch of cool ideas and here's a first draft. And oh, we'll get back to that later. And no one did. Frustrates me. The ending really does. It really does. Uh, thank you, Alex, for your exhaustive time. <laughs> Yeah, to do putting that together we appreciate it mm. all right so i mean we're doing this because yeah we're riding the cusp and maybe it's interesting for some people who listen to our shorter original sort of feelings and now can hear our, our later feelings but yeah we're going to solo we're not continuing with this story until next year they've even named that one yet or is it just part nine still still part nine still part nine um, so yeah we don't know but that'll be next Christmas obviously so we've got a year and a half the weird thing this year is our Star Wars movie is not a Christmas it's only half a year since the last one weird right yep good okay all in agreement um, <laughs> <so> <laughs> I want to know how you guys feel about Last Jedi and with the I don't think it matters really with so- I mean you can talk a bit about Solo if you want to what we're looking forward to that since that's just about to come out but really it's like what do you want from these characters you know in part mm-hmm. 9 the end of this trilogy because it is a trilogy they have confirmed that after this there will be another trilogy now curated by Ryan Johnson who directed this film but is not directing the next one they also have a trilogy by the Game of Thrones creators and writers they have a TV show 
by what's his name John Favreau he's show running that stuff and then there's some more movies by someone else who is it there's some more fucking movies coming god damn it I forget it there's a lot <laughs> and unfortunately for us we're going to be doing this once a year uh, for eternity I think <laughs> it seems like it <laughs> at least the 10 years we all have to stay friends we're going to be doing this until either myself or Christina or perhaps both of us get cast and brought into this world and then we have and to delete be allowed to talk existence about of all of these podcasts <laughs> 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 That's good. Is that why you're being more careful oh, with your wording about so certain stuff? That would be so embarrassing. <laughs> I, I feel like uh, our contracts could get torn up pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. When these came to light. You know oh, what? God. I'm going to oh, go God. with, oh, God. Oh, go God. with oh, the God. thing oh, of God. like- Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to go in with the thing of when you hear these Hollywood stories and the people they really respect is like when they get Kevin Smith come in on Superman or whatever and he reads, they go, can you read this new script? And he just goes, this is fucking terrible. And they're like, why? And then he's like, do you really want to know? Because I feel you won't work with me. And then they want to work with you because they're like, oh, man, these people know what they're talking about. They care. Right. About we'll it. see about that, Al. <laughs> don't blame me if you don't get to work in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, Christina. Christina, you were the most up on it last time. You've, you seem to still be up on certain bits, down on other bits. How are you feeling? Okay, so it was really interesting to watch it again, not in the theater, and watch it at home. And... It was really hard to watch at home. It felt, you know, because you kind of know, I kind of knew what was going to happen and it just felt a lot longer at home. The initial excitement wasn't there anymore, but there were still um, some key scenes that really helped bring me through it. So it was interesting to see what uh, stuck and what um, what kind of just like, you know, didn't do it for me anymore. The jokes, as I said earlier, they weren't as funny the second time around, I guess. You know, the first scene, that scene with um with the page really was great. And I still really did. I mean, I know you guys didn't like it, but I still really did enjoy the uh, journey between Finn and Rose. I don't know. I did really still like the FaceTiming between <laughs> Ray and Ben. I, those scenes were all still really fun for me, even though sometimes it was kind of weird. But, but I don't know. I it's it's one of the it's it's some of the stuff that I I looked forward to cutting to when I was watching it. And uh, I don't know, the fighting stuff just got really hard for me to watch again. I was just kind of bored of it, and I felt like it was too much. And now watching all the deleted scenes, I do I do really liked a lot of I liked a lot of them, and I wish that that was a bigger part of the movie than than all of the battle scenes um there's there's just too many battle scenes but i guess that's i mean i mean i feel like a lot of fans that's what they really want from star wars so i mean those epic battle scenes it's like a big part of what star wars is so you know that's just personal preference for me it wasn't as good the second time around but whatever, it's better than those other three that I hate so much. <laughs> the prequels. And Where? also, like, I know a lot of it, you guys think a lot of it is kind of cheesy and there's a lot of it that you guys hate, but I just didn't expect that much. I didn't expect it to be like a super serious movie. I, I didn't. So maybe it's because of my expectations that mm -hmm. I, I was able to enjoy it a lot more than you guys. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, that's completely you know? fair. Um, I haven't said that you... I didn't enjoy it. No, no, we haven't said anything, so we're going to respond well, whatever, in Whatever, I'm just, but you know, before, your before, negativities. Before, 
Yeah, before we get there, what, um, where would you place this then roughly? Because we did obviously a ranking in oh a wrap-up. Oh my god, see, that's the thing too. So when I was watching it this time, I was like, I could barely remember the movie before it. Right. Well, Rogue One was one before. You've got, you know, them th- them trying to get those Death Star plans. and mm, I enjoyed this one better than Rogue One. Rogue One, okay. I liked the way Rogue One looked. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a lot cooler, but I, I enjoyed watching this one more. And what about Force Awakens, like the first one of these with these characters? See, that's what I could barely remember. Okay. So, do you remember what I said? Did I like this better than uh, the I mean, Force Awakens? Oh, again, like in our last one where we just did your first uh, feelings about it all, you didn't get to really do that properly in I the wrap-up. Feel it was like hard. I probably like this one better because I watched it I in the did. movie theaters. And I feel like with these Star Wars movies, you should really just watch it in the theater. Interesting. Yeah. I tried to invite you several times. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes, excellent. Okay, so do you, I mean, is there anything particularly you're hoping for from the last part of this trilogy or are you just open? You mean for Solo? No, well, I mean, yeah, sure, if you want to, but anything with these characters, their last one next year, like. I hope they, I hope they put more of those deleted scenes in, you know, like the ones that they took <laughs> out, the like one. I hope that <laughs> they go more in that direction and maybe cut some more of the battles. So more character. And I hope, more. I really do hope that Ray and Ben will bridge the gap. Just and why does there have to be a bad guy, good guy? Why can't, why can't it be one? Did you just say bridge the gap as a euphemism for... <laughs> a euphemism <making> for <laughs> taking off the second glove? No. Uh, maybe. I hope they bridge maybe. the gap. <laughs> Oh, but boy. yeah, it would it would be really interesting to see like what if there was no bad guy. Yeah, you know, at least just for a little bit. What if he did come to the lighter side? Absolutely. And um, I would li- also like to see it a shorter. I would also like <laughs> it to not be three hours long. That's it. Yeah, I'm gonna go next. Let's leave Alex for last since you you are the uh, the biggest fan and the host. I, 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 oh my God. I have to say, okay, so the first time I was very angry because, I, and this is the thing, Christine, when you're talking about expectations going in, yes, I think you have a good point. So the expectation my first time going in was it's Ryan Johnson, the director I'm most like interested in having something very strange to say. Like Gareth Edwards was the one who's most my style. So I was excited for Rogue One in that way, but this was Ryan Johnson. He does weird stuff. So it's like, okay, this could get weird and that could be really cool. And then all of the kind of like original screenings were saying, this is the best Star Wars since Empire Strikes Back. Like that's what all the critics were saying at those first screenings of this. So like, this is the best one since Empire Strikes Back, if not better. So the hype going in was fucking huge. And yeah, I expected something. It's the middle part. They're normally darker. And because of comparing Empire, I was like, this is going to be darker. This is the goofiest Star Wars since the Ewoks movies. Like <laughs> this is, this is, it's better than Ewoks movies, but it's so goofy. And for me, that diffuses so much of it. And yet it really impacted the first time I saw it. And then the second time I saw it, I went a bit easier on it. Six months have passed. I'm back to angry again, guys. Like, mm. I'm really fucking angry. I really don't like this movie. And what I didn't expect was just how bored I was. Like, I was so bored watching this movie this time. And I, again, I haven't watched it in half a year, basically. That's like, that shouldn't happen with the Star Wars movie. You know, there should be fun and characters that I'm enjoying. And and I agree with you, Christina. Like, I really didn't like that stuff with with um finn and rose before and now it's like yeah i I see the fun in that they're just not doing it right and it doesn't fit with what is happening around them but 
yeah, I kind of want that movie or the serious movie. But instead, in the serious movie, you're putting these kind of stupid things that don't work for me. And the fun movie just doesn't fit with the rest of the story. And it, it really frustrates me. I think this movie's all over the place. And not, not, again, it has great ideas that are brave, but it doesn't follow through on any of them. So I do think that people are wrong. I think this is a very, very safe movie. And it feels my the Disney prints are all over it. Like, I just feel Disney all over this movie of like, protecting characters for the future creating new toys making sure everything has a kid-friendly like rounded edge to any sharp edges that you might create and it annoys me it really annoys me because it's such a wasted opportunity i think of some great actors uh luke finally getting you know a true like to come back properly in this film and he's fucking great and presumably now gone like maybe he'll be a force ghost in the next one or something but but presumably like this is his largest role he's gonna have you know ever again in star wars and particularly with the remarks he said about this film off of uh in interviews and and that really upsets me it's just so many wasted opportunities i mean my hope is that ryan johnson you know that the bad parts in this were disney and ryan johnson bought their favor and now they'll give him enough power that with his own trilogy he can do his own things which is probably all about broom boy which i'm not really interested in but if he can do something really interesting and different sure but this movie i find way too long i find really all over the place unfocused and yeah it has a few really cool moments in it uh some very very cool moments in it some some sporadic like elements of very cool visuals but i stand by what i said before i don't like it it's one of my least favorite um star wars movies no it's not as bad as the prequels i still i still think the phantom menace has a better story on paper but I don't think the film obviously is anywhere near as good as this. Uh, this is better made. But it's just... I still think there's a great film in here. I still think like with the right editing and yeah, putting some of those deleted scenes. Not all of them. I have to say a lot of them for me are too comedy in the deleted scenes. But but putting some of those back in, taking some other stuff out, some fine tuning here, allowing Leia's death to happen and to have some resonance uh, would really give this film the impact it, it needed. Uh, instead i leave kind of like going what was the point that's kind of how i feel i come out of it going i don't nothing really happened i don't feel daisy learned anything no one really died mark like luke turns up but does very little and then apparently dies like it's it's really all seemed a very little consequence and that other than snoke is apparently dead but there's even rumors that you know he's not really dead because in the visual encyclopedia or something that's not how his form looks like that's like a projection of his form or some bullshit so it's like they could go back on all of this so I guess my review is I don't like it, <laughs> but depending what nine is, I could like it more if this feeds successfully <laughs> into nine. You know, it's hard when you're just dealing one part of a trilogy, but right now, no, don't like it. And I, I don't want to watch it again. I don't. Yeah. For me, like just the thought, you know, the, when we went to see it the second time, I was, I was really excited to do that because I wanted having seen it once I wanted to see how my perspective would change to try and pick up on things I may have missed and to just sort of watch it a bit more objectively. But knowing I was going to watch it again for this podcast was a real, real difficult task just to kind of muster the motivation to to do that. And like with Force Awakens, I had my issues with it, but I would happily sit down and watch that again because it's a fun film. It's, it's nonstop. And it's like, so, I mean, we've talked about this, there's sort of 
very few moments in that where you sort of sit down and breathe with the characters, but it's fun. Like you're, you're, it's, it's well paced and it's, it's just fast and it moves and, and it's fun. It's, and it's simple as that. And this is just, yeah, same as you guys. It was a real struggle to just get through it. It's so long. It's, moments where you you suddenly feel engaged or suddenly resonate with you are kind of either brought down by a silly gag or slowed down by an editing choice or a shift in focus that kind of takes you away from the previous moment that may have really resonated and and kind of I guess like what you said are kind of promising moments and then not following through and or or taking the the safer route and yeah it just I don't know. I, I really, I really struggled to, to enjoy it. I think before I could really could have sort of pinpoint, oh, I liked this and I liked that, or I didn't like this and I didn't like that. Whereas now I'm kind of experienced it more as a whole, and I'm just like, I don't enjoy this film. <laughs> I really don't enjoy it. And I was trying to think of where I had it ranked, and I look at the Phantom Menace now. Yeah, poorly, poorly made. But narratively, just so much more concise and clean. And if you just look at the the, the structure of that narrative, you, you can you can you can see it. It's 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 much clearer. Whereas this is just so, yeah, it doesn't feel like there's any control to it. It's just poorly kind of handled. And yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to be watching it again. I mean, I can't even necessarily articulate reasons <laughs> like clearly enough of. of what I feel like I just feel that there were so many missed opportunities. I think that's what it is for me. It's like, there were so many kind of missed opportunities of, of what they could shift and focus on or what they could really take advantage of. Like the stuff with Mark Hamill and Luke. Yeah. It's awesome. And it's just like, well, they didn't, they didn't use that in a way that, that was, that was as impactful as it could have been. And just the premise, the whole kind of chase was like, uh, it's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It, it just, it just, it just, it lacked, it lacked a sense of fun, and but then if you wanted it to be serious and darker, it did. It was missing that as well, and yeah, it's just, it just doesn't feel. It feels all over the place, um, and I think, I think it's it's it was already pretty low in my rankings, but I feel after watching it this third time, it's probably slipped further down. I, w- I would even put Phantom Menace and Revenge of the Sith above this film. Oh, my God. <laughs> Don't do it. Christina's <laughs> face was great there. Was um, and, yeah, and like and sort of what we were talking about before, uh, Daisy Ridley's acting, you know, I think she's very charismatic on screen and, and endearing and there's a quality and a charm that that is likable, but, but her acting was just very stilted and – not good. Not good. <laughs> the words you're looking yeah. For. I'm sorry, Christina. So yeah, I, I'm I'm a, I'm at a loss for words. I'm just happy that we kind of got through it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see it going that way, man. I really thought you were gonna like because, like I said last time, you, we saw it again together, which was the second time. So you um you were kind of buzzed. You came out of it going, I think I like it more. I like it more than I did before. Yeah. Now I'm just feel very sort of yeah, very indifferent to it. I I, I wouldn't sort of jump at the chance to. To watch it again, I feel if if someone was like, "Hey, do you want to watch Force Awakens or Last Jedi?" I'd be like, "Yeah, throw Force Awakens on. Like, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a good <laughs> time." Like, no to everything. 
And, you know, and then it, the thing is, though, looking ahead is like, okay, well, where does it go from here? And I, and I felt this when I finished watching it the first time and I feel this way again. The way the kind of story arcs and ends here and the idea that it's like this is the beginning of the rebellion and the start of the war almost is like the setup of a first movie in a trilogy. Mm-hmm. And it's like now we're going to have, what, a quick little f- war and battle and wrap it up by the end of the next film. Like, yeah. It just feels like I, I don't envy the challenge that J.J. Abrams has on his hands to to tie up these loose ends or to to either back out of stuff that was set up on this and, and try and tidy it up or go with what has been set up. Like- it's going to be a, an enormous challenge and I'm very curious to see how that is going to play out because, yeah, this film, the way that it ends, doesn't feel for me to be the midpoint in a trilogy. It doesn't feel like a lead-in into the third act in any way. So I, 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 ca- I can't kind of even project or begin to imagine where it's going to go um, and how they're going to do that. But I feel like, yeah, it's probably going to be very much – a setup for even like this new like broom boy those kind of things of this sort of like yeah. okay this disney path it's going to wind into that somehow and we should know like you know like you had force awakens they didn't interfere with jj abrams the rogue one yes they interfered with the director on that film we've got solo hugely interfered with the directors by actually bringing in a new director once they'd basically finished so like a week or whatever away from completing to reshoot tons of it so you can have two very different styles in solo which i'm interested in and then yeah with the ninth film he hadn't got started yet but colin trevorrow director of jurassic world was meant to be doing it and then he got fired just before they're about to start and then replaced by jj abrams coming in again this film was one of the only two that hasn't been interfered with with the director's vision so that's interesting that disney and then disney give him yeah three films in a row basically to show run for them so it's they clearly have a lot of faith in him and um it did great numbers it critically obviously very split for the public most critics seem to like it though a lot um but yeah it'll be very interesting to see how they finish this and where they move to afterwards i have different expectations now i'll have to say i'm about to go to solo right now so i need to rush off pretty much but it's I'd now just want fun. <laughs> like I had all these grievances going in to do with why would you do a film through Solo? I don't care. But particularly at that age where he's basically the same age he was in the first Star Wars film. It's so stupid. Just do one when he's younger or something. But now I'm just like, you know what? I'm ready for a fun Star Wars movie because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that just felt like a bit of a slog to me. So yes. All right. Well, thank you guys for coming back and revisiting a film that we had sort of covered a little bit but not properly so it's nice to go through it piece by piece in the little warm-up for solo which will be up next week midweek sometime i think either wednesday or thursday so keep your eyes out for that and you can follow us if you go to wearegeeks.com wearegeeks.com that'll branch you out to all of our social medias as well as to all our podcasts you can just search for us on weird geeks on the podcast for for feeds that's the word for for feeds benicio.org yeah okay dj you can go on to weirdgeeks.com you can also branch out to uh, our twitch channel and to you can email us through there as well or if you don't want to go onto our website then just email mail at weirdgeeks.com mail at weirdgeeks.com uh we haven't done our topical podcast in a while but i think i'm doing one next week and every single friday like we said at the beginning horror podcasts including uh texas chainsaw massacre charles play and i'm on elm street friday the 13th invasion of the body snatches uh many other things as well and we're right now doing romero's living dead we're in the last film which goes up this week 
or next week. And then we'll be announcing what we're doing next. We've got a couple of short series coming up there, which I'm excited to do. What else is happening? I guess that's about it. I'm on all the social media. Oh, sorry. Yeah. While you're on weirdgeeks.com, hit the little tab that says we are tessellate.com. They're our publisher. They're a production company run out of London, LA, and Tokyo. And we're making our first feature films. We're making music videos. We're making albums and video game apps, which are going to be coming soon. But right now, we're just finishing. I'm in grade right now as we speak. Uh, not really, but yes, today on Starfish. And you can learn all about that for our personal feeds. I am Mr. Al White, M-R-A-L-W-H-I-T-E on all the social medias and also on the Xbox. What about you guys? Alexander Chard on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, at underscore hi Christina on Twitter, on Instagram. Yeah. Thank you, guys. I felt some of the uh, enthusiasm leave us <laughs> during this podcast. <laughs> I, love, I love you both for getting through it. I really do. Um, and despite all this, I'm looking forward to talking about Solo with you next week. Oh, so yeah. We are out. Geeks. 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 <laughs> that, was, that was good. <laughs>